we're here. Hey, it's another episode of Hunting Pixels or something like that. I don't know how to, my brain doesn't work. <laughs> um, it, hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, you want to start over? No, I don't want to start over. <clears throat> <laughs> okay. This is uh, the official video game podcast of Culture Pop. Ooh, that even that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if anyone Damn, can tell, bro. but uh, my head hurts and my throat uh, is sore, and it's it's been a long, long day. Oh no! I almost burned down my house. It was wonderful. <clears throat> anyway, today is the third and final end of the year episode. That is right. We're finally done, and you can continue not paying any attention to us. Uh, this is, of course, our Game of the Year episode, so let's not beat around the bush. Uh, I am your hostess with the mostest, the one and absolute only, the only one, okay? Oh. Bebop Man, Josh McMullen, and I am joined by uh, what is usually here, but sometimes is not, uh, a gang of co-hosts, Mr. Austin Big Papa Stevens and Dylan Dizzy Martin. Mm. You didn't change those names up, did you, Dylan? I literally just put them. I was like, this is the biggest <laughs> show of the year. Let's get serious this time. Oh, okay. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> hey! Well. I'm doing good. Hmm. Good. Austin, I, I assume you're doing fine? Yeah. That's that's okay to assume. Okay. Okay. No toaster bath in your in your immediate future? No, I didn't say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your, that. your normal state of fine is like constantly wanting to do that. Got it. <laughs> Understood. Something like that. Oh, our... Somebody's eventually going to listen to this and call 911. Truly. Don't bet. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, um, yeah. Uh, as I stated last week... Uh, I, I miscalculated on our um, uh, patron uh, game of the years. So uh, we're going to start this episode off instead of explaining how we're going to do our game of the year. We're going to go ahead and count down our final patron game of the year. And this one goes out to our, uh, our cheerleader in the Netherlands. Miss Bryn Woodham. <clears throat> Her top five is at number five, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. And she wrote, to be fair, this is not a revolutionary game, but I had a blast and I love the art style and the story. It's a great multiplayer option. It's always fun to loot and the side quests are really engaging. The Chaos Chamber is just that, chaotic. And I think it's a ton of fun. At number four, she put Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. She said, why? Very nostalgic. Overall, a blast to play with friends. It makes me feel like I'm in an arcade in the best possible way. At number three, she wrote, uh, she put Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Uh, and she wrote, disclaimer, if I were done, I'm sure this would be tied for the top spot or very close behind. The world is gorgeous, the missions are fun, the combat really works for me, and it's a perfect modernization of the original. I've had a hard time putting it down since I started. Number two, she put Stray. She said, why? 
it felt fresh and different, and I genuinely loved the gameplay and the story. There were also several Easter eggs thrown in that were a lot of fun to uncover, and I loved the art style. It really stuck out to me this year, and I look forward to more work from Blue 12. And finally, her number one, Elden Ring. She said, I've put more hours into this game than any in recent history. It also gave me the unique opportunity to be better than a lot of the guys I know, to surprise people, and to sharpen my own skills and gain patience. The lands between are gorgeous, the bosses are challenging, and when I got Platinum, I felt like there is nothing in this world I can't achieve. Also enjoyed multiplayer and fucking around with all the different builds. That was wholesome. That was wholesome, and uh, we appreciate you very much here, Miss Miss Brennifer. Um. <clears throat> all right. So, uh, also with uh, I, I was I usually I think the uh, well I was gonna say I think the last two years, but I think we only did last year. Uh, we would read our patron game of the year top five. Um, somewhere in the middle of our list, but I think I'm going to go ahead and just throw it out right now so we can kind of get to ours. So, with that said, uh, I took all of the rankings that everyone gave me for their uh, respective games of the year, and um, I did a little bit of math. I ranked them uh, kind of like ranked choice uh, voting type thing, and I came up with the following top five from our patrons. Um, at number five, we have Citizen Sleeper. At number four, we have Stray. At number three is Tunic. At number two is Elden Ring. And our patron game of the year is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. It is the only game that appeared on three people's lists. Shit. Which is interesting, I think. <clears throat> but, yeah, so uh, thank you to our patrons uh, for, for getting that done for me. Um, it was a lot of fun to, to see what you guys had to say about the game of the year. Uh, and, yeah, okay. So, um, let's, let's get our, our rankings uh, on... Underway? On the way? Um, I, my brain hurts. Okay, so, uh, yeah, this is our game of the year. We have uh, 30 games um, that we have on our list that we played uh, from this year. And we are going to um, use the system that was completely ripped off from Giant Bomb back in the day and Let's Fight a Boss. And we will be listing the games that we have played and then cutting them one by one until we get our ultimate winner, the Hunting Pixels Game of the Fucking Year. Now, to qualify for our list, the game had to have been released in a 1.0 release state after December 15th of 2021 and before December 16th of 2022. So, games like Grounded and Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion are completely acceptable for this list, but games such as Phasmophobia and Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon are not. Uh, other than that, pretty much any game was fair play. Uh, so, let's go ahead and we'll get, 
get rolling. We'll have them listed off in alphabetical order. Um, Dylan, do you want to start us off? I got you. So starting us, we have Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, Chrono Cross, The Radical Dreamers Edition, Citizen Sleeper, Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII Reunion, Cult of the Lamb, Digimon Survive, Elden Ring, Evil Dead The Game, Ghost Song, Gotham Knights. And next we have Gundam Evolution, Hooked on You, A Dead by Daylight Dating Sim, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, Immortality, Lego Star Wars, The Skywalker Saga, Neon White, Nobody Saves the World, Overwatch 2, Pokemon Legends Arceus, and Pokemon Scarlet slash Violet. All right. And rounding out our 30, we have Power Wash Simulator, Roller Drone, Sonic Frontiers, Stray, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, The Quarry, Trek to Yomi, Triangle Strategy, Vampire Survivors, and Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. All right. Um, so I went back through and I listened to the previous two episodes of Game of the Year that we have recorded. Uh, Dylan had the ceremonial dagger on our, our first one, and I took it away last year. So this year we're going to give it to Austin. So oh boy. Austin, what pressure? Uh, go ahead. What's our, what's our first cut, our number 30 game? So, unfortunately, as much as I like it, I think it's definitely probably the weakest game on this list, so I'm going to go ahead and knock out Gundam Evolution. Oh. Okay. Okay. I definitely think it does not stand a chance compared... I mean, now that I see Power Power Wash Simulator... Nope. Nope. Fuck it. (laughs) Uh, Gundam Evolution is a lot of fun. It It caught me by complete fucking surprise. Um... It's just Overwatch. It's Overwatch with a Gundam skin. And it might just be a copy and paste, but it's it's a lot of fucking fun. Um, and even though it is kind of just a copy and paste, I, I like that it uh, gives a little bit of representation from the entire 40 plus years of Gundam's catalog. And even though a lot of the units feel like feel ripped off from overwatch characters just from the lore of the unit specifically what they can do in combat works and it's really flashy and it works really well um i think it's a great game especially being free to play however i think one of its biggest issues is uh it does have it does lock specific units behind paywalls and they do tend to be the most overpowered units in the game uh it's not unbeatable and you know i understand if you're going to pay for something they, they have to make it worth it but the game it does have some extreme fucking balancing issues, but it is also a lot of fun. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <clears throat> Alright, well, out at number 30, we've got Gundam Evolution. Um, Dylan, how about you You take the next cut? Um, be quite honest with you, everything he just said can apply to Overwatch 2. <laughs> I want to cut Overwatch 2 here. Holy shit. It has I'm... no reason to go far. It's literally just a Overwatch reskin. They made it free to play, and it was so lackluster. There, I, I mean, it's Overwatch. What can I, what, can... what can I say about it? You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing that's yeah. standout worthy. I think they actually wound up doing more of a disservice to the game. Like... 
I understand taking it the free-to-play route, but, like, make... If you're going to release skins, and they're doing a little bit better of a job now, but, like, make it worthwhile, dude. Like, they... Just took reskins and made it legendary, and they're like, pay for this. It's worth it, but it's not. And it's like, all the new heroes are locked behind the battle pass at a high level. Like, you have to grind in order to get them. Like, it... it it's not fun to me to, like, be excited for the new hero and get to sign on and get get to immediately play it, you know? Like, I, I rem that was one of my favorite things to do back in the day. Now, I, I don't want to sound, like, lazy when I say I have to work for it because it's more than just working for it. It's a true grind to get mm -hmm. that uh, new hero. And it sucks because you want to play it. I mean, it's on... on some level is kind of beneficial because you don't have everyone just sitting there trying to spam the new hero. But at the same time, it wasn't really that big of a problem to, to, to give us the formula that we have now. Um, I'll say the game runs really well. You know, it had its hiccups at the start. Like, none of us could play for how long? Days, truly? Mm -hmm. Three to five days. And that really sucked. Um, I still can't play. That's wild. Oh, I forgot you had some issues with that too. Yeah. Um, yeah, my PC, my PC still can't play it. Yeah, it's locked out. Um, but the game runs well now. Like I'll give it that. Like it runs and performs really well. Looks beautiful. I like the day and night cycles and stuff like that. But it's like, what what really did you give us with that? You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't disagree with you. To be honest. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Alright. At number 29, Overwatch. Uh, my pick to cut next is Trek to Yomi. Um, mm, okay. I, I was very, very excited for this game. Uh, probably unreasonably so. Uh, pro I probably should not have been as excited about it. But <clears throat> uh, it's just it's just really fucking boring. Um, the combat on it in it is is very stiff. <clears throat> There's there are like little collectibles in it that um, I think they like add to the lore, and some of them will allow like power ups and stuff like that. But there's no real incentive to go down uh, extra paths in the game. Uh, it. The story is fine, I guess, um, and it, and it towards the end of the game kind of starts to do some interesting things. But by that point, I was just I was I was done. I was very tired of it, and I I, I just wanted it to end. I'll say this: I I think that the art direction is very beautiful. Um, it's one of the best looking games of the year. Um, that that black and white Akira Kurosawa, you know kind of color palette. I mean, it's not really a color palette. It's like grayscale, but um, the, the visually it's a good-looking game. But that's that's the most that I could say for it, to be honest with you. I, I just think that it's painfully yeah. boring. <coughs> so, Damn. out it goes. Austin, All right. it's your turn. So, looking back at it, I actually kind of feel like this game should have been the first cut, and I feel like it's kind of unfair that Gundam went out before it. 
Um, but I am going to cut Gotham Knights. Okay. Yeah. I This was the most, like, okay as fuck game that I have ever played in my entire life. That might be an exaggeration. But this is a very mediocre fucking title. Um, it's, it, like... It tries too hard to... I feel like it tries really hard to set itself apart from the Arkham series, but then it still has all of these other things that are like, oh, like, Arkham did something kind of like this, or, oh, this was blatantly taken from the Arkham series. And, like, it's, like, every step forward that Arkham... that, uh, the Arkham games, uh, gave for the superhero genre of, like, open-world games, this one takes giant steps fucking back. Uh, there's no fast travel points whatsoever that I have personally unlocked in the game, and I am probably 75% of the way through. That's fucking ridiculous. To have an open-world game with a map as big as this one, not giving the player an option for fast travel is fucking wild. Um, the game being locked to 30 frames per second on modern consoles is fucking wild. This game would be able to handle so much more if they actually took the time to do it. Um... The story is extremely overwhelm or underwhelming, and that really sucks because the Court of Owls are one of my favorite Batman villains. I think they're super fucking interesting and terrifying, and this game does nothing to convey that. Um, about halfway through the story, there's a big reveal that a high-ranking member of the Court of Owls was actually Bruce's uncle. That I would have been down with that if that wasn't the most predictable reveal that the game led up to the whole fucking time. I'm fine with predictability as long as it actually pays off with the characters around it that are experiencing the reveal. Like, it doesn't matter to me if I know it, but as long as these characters' reactions feel genuine and interesting to what's going on, I can let it slide. This game doesn't fucking do that. All of the side stories are a million times more interesting than anything the main plot is trying to give you, and that's still barely doing it. They're still not interesting missions. And it's just, like, it... I feel like this game could have been so much more. Had they have went the model that Marvel's Avengers did, I think this game would have done a lot better. But they didn't. And I, I just... I, everything about this game, I don't understand any of the t- decisions that went behind it. Yep. I was very wary of this one. I was kind of excited when it was first announced. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then it, Same. Things, Same. Yep. things just Looked kept really coming cool. out about it that I was like... Just kept getting uh, worse. So I never Literally, played it, dude. So, <laughs> and I, thanks I for taking that bullet old. for us, Austin. <laughs> yeah, truly. <laughs> thanks for you know taking that seventy dollar or no sixty dollar bullet for no, us. No, it was seventy. Oh, ouch! No, it I was really thought it was fifty nine. <laughs> I think I paid ninety because I bought the deluxe edition. Oh, so I actually think no. I paid ninety. Yeah, that was stupid. I regret oh, a bit of that. You poor. Um, I will say the only saving grace of this game is even though the main plot and even the side plots are pretty terribly written, the character, the main core char- cast of characters themselves being uh, Batman or fucking Nightwing, Robin, Red Hood, and Batgirl, and Alfred, they're all written extremely well, and the dialogue between them is genuinely really fucking interesting and well done. But that's the only real good thing about the game. Yeah, he's not kidding. Thanks for taking that bullet. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm sorry I had to be the one to do it. So was my wallet. Yeah. Um, well, me up next. Sorry to all of our wallets because um, we had to play it. Lego Star Wars. Let's get it out of here. 
Also very <laughs> mediocre title. I'm not. Gonna, I, I wouldn't I'm not even gonna say s- that. I think that it was it was good for what it was doing. But the thing. Yeah. All right. Here, here's the thing. All right. Here's the thing <laughs> Here about. Here's the thing about the fucking Lego games. They're all goddamn same. Yeah, this one. All the same this shit. one stands out a little bit more because it adds in RPG mechanics. But it's the same fucking game we've been playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like how. I mean, I'll say, man, it ran really well. And it for looked, me. What did you play it on? Switch. Oh. Ran I'm horribly. Sorry. Yeah. I, I played it on PC. And I it played was, it on Series X and it ran great. <laughs> yeah. It was truly beautiful, man. I loved every bit of it. I loved how open the the environments and stuff were. Um, it's not, I mean, it's not a bad game. It's just, I mean, we. how many times have we said it? It's just more... More Star Wars. I'm kind of burnt out on it, you know. But Josh is right. I mean, it was a lot of the same stuff, you know. Um, Lego games are always fun. Yep. For a little while. And I think for there's a huge audience for it. But we are not that audience. Yep. No. Now, Lego Harry Potter. Mm. Just saying. Yeah. The That's issue I had with Lego Star Wars is a, a lot of the multi-platform games, I feel like they think that they've done enough work for it to run fine on the Switch, and then it releases on Switch, and Sonic Frontiers had the same issue. It, I mean, it runs better than Lego Star Wars did, but it doesn't run anywhere near as good as what it does on other platforms. Like, go do the Doom Eternal route. Wait a little bit. Actually make sure that the Switch can handle the game you're putting on it. Because Doom Eternal is a game that shouldn't look as good as it does on Switch. But it looks and performs fine. But for some reason, LEGO Star Wars couldn't do that. Yeah, I mean, when I was playing it, I was pretty shocked at the like the environmental detail. I did not anticipate it would look as good as it did. But I, I have not seen a Switch gameplay. I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's just all a giant blur. Yeah. No detail. <laughs> that doesn't exist. That what was doesn't that? exist in Switch games. Was that was that twenty six? Uh yes. yes, that was twenty six. <clears throat> Alright. So we're at me. Yeah. Um taking a look here. Uh I'm gonna cut Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition. Oof. Um, I was very excited for this game. Uh, I think that's going to be a theme about all the games that I've put low. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I was expecting. They kind of half-assed the, um, Final Fantasy VIII remaster when they re- didn't redo any of the, uh, pre-rendered backgrounds. They only touched up the, the character models. Um, and so I probably should have expected the same thing from this. Uh, it's not to say that it's bad because it's, I mean, it's Chrono Cross, right? And they, they added in the, it's like the, the Radical Dreamer stuff, which I think was like a international edition um, that came out like a year or two later. Mm-hmm. Um, and that stuff's, I mean, that, that stuff's cool. And I, I, I think the game is pretty good. I, I think that a lot of people fucking slept on it. Um, because, uh, you know, Chrono is in the name, and Chrono Trigger is one of the greatest RPGs ever made. Um, but I I just kind of think that it's... It's kind of garbage what Square Enix p- 
pushes out. Like, this was almost like a Nintendo job to me. Like, you, you know what Nintendo did with the 3D All-Stars? They just threw them all on one package and then said, okay, here you go. Like, they didn't do anything. 60 bucks, please. Yeah, and I felt the same way about this. It was touched up a little graphically. Like I said, the character models, very similar to Final Fantasy VIII. Those were touched up, and I, th- I think they remastered the music, <clears throat> and then they added in that, that quote-unquote DLC, but, like, nothing else at all. And that bums me out, because I think Chrono Cross is a great game that deserves people, like, it deserves people knowing about it and respecting it. And mm-hmm. this did nothing to fucking further that at all. And it honestly just felt like a, a, a cash tra- grab, mm-hmm. uh, which is super unfortunate. So. Damn, that sucks. Yeah. Would you recommend picking it up for as somebody who does like RPGs but has never played Chrono Cross? I I think so. I I really think that it's one of those. It's one of those titles when you could see that the processing power of like the PlayStation and the PS2 was going to allow for. Uh, like action RPGs to flourish, um. Yeah. So it's got like a, it's got a it's got a unique battling system. I'll, I'll say that. Um, mm-hmm. and I think the story is pretty good. And there's like thirty fucking characters in the game that you can make uh become like playable characters in your party. I, I there's a lot of really cool stuff in there. Oh okay. I'll have to check it out. They have a... Uh, I said something the other night about wanting to get back into, like, importing and Switch collecting, and they have, a, like, a cool collector bundle on PlayAsia for mm. Chrono Cross. That looks really neat. So I might look into that. Yeah, you should. Uh, but out it goes. Uh, let's move on. Austin is your pick. That's right. It is. God damn it. Um, okay. I might get yelled at for this one, but I'm going to go judging on both of your reactions to the game. Uh, how are we feeling about Horizon? Does that need to go any further? Um, let me see what else is on here. Because if, uh, if, it, if it doesn't go now, it's going very soon for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, Dylan, do you have any objections, any strong feelings about it? My... My strong feelings come from Sabrina because this was Sabrina's mm-hmm. game of the year for sure. Like she platinumed this game. It's the first game she's ever platinumed. Yeah. She poured her heart into this game and she got so much out of it and now she's revisiting it on the PS5. Um That super sucks. I I hate to see it go for her sake cuz there's titles left on this list that don't mean fuck all to me. Mm-hmm. Um and to be quite honest with you, I didn't play Horizon at all because I, I guess I just lived through her. You know, I played through her. So <sighs> that sucks. But I, I mean, true. I don't personally have any objections to it. No, mm. I mean, it's just it. This was her game of the year. Okay. In that case, well, okay. Well, let's just table it for just a second. Let's take a look. <laughs> take our temperature on some other games. Um, how do we feel about Neon White? What was that even supposed to do? Uh, Elden Ring. Okay. All right, he's all right. 
<laughs> no, um, I'm okay with letting Elden Ring go right here. Shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> shut up. I I would okay. The only other one that I would I would feel okay with maybe giving up now would be the quarry. Um, but Horizon for me has got to go pretty soon. I the, let's just do Horizon. Okay, I mean, yeah. let's just get it out. Stick to that one. All right. Horizon Forbidden West. Um, I'm ready for one of you to rip my heart out any minute. Bruh. It, I don't know. I don't. There, I mean, I have nothing bad to say about your list. You know what I mean? Yeah, about yeah, yeah, about yeah, your yeah. top five. Um, and I, I really don't have any fucking f- final words for f- Forbidden West other than looked real pretty. That's probably the best thing that I can fucking say about it, if I'm being completely honest with you. Like, I I love that first fucking game. I really, really dug that first game a lot. And I was expecting basically bigger and better with this one. And they certainly went bigger. They did not go better. I feel like... What if we're saying the exact same thing about Tears of the Kingdom next year? Oh, God, please, please don't let that be the case. (laughs) Um, manifest that. The thing is, I feel like everything that Horizon, for not Forbidden West, Horizon Zero Dawn, everything that it got wrong, Horizon Forbidden West kind of doubles down on that. And I, I don't think that like the game's boring, man. Like I don't like. I'm, I'm really glad that Sabrina got something out of it. I. Every time I booted the game up, every fucking time, I didn't want to play it. I would, like, actively, I would sit there and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to play this. I'm going to play this. I'd get in, and about 30 seconds in, I would pull up the pause menu and be like, I don't want to fucking do this. I would quit out to the main menu, and I'd go back. This is probably part of the reason that I feel this way, but I would go back to Elden Ring, which... I mean, we'll get to later, but, like, the comparison between the two is night and fucking day, dude. I, everything that Horizon does wrong, Elden Ring does right. And they came out a week apart. Oof. That's why I think that was Oof. just the stake through the heart for Horizon. Yeah. Like, it didn't have, it I don't think they could have anticipated how big Elden Ring was about to become. Yeah. No. Because if they would have, I would have either moved it up or pushed it back. Mm-hmm. I would not have even put it even anywhere near that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they, there's no way they could have known Mm-mm. at all. <laughs> it was yeah, because I think that game. like uh, up up to a certain point, um, the most that any of the like the Dark Souls from Soft those type games had sold was somewhere in the neighborhood of like 15 million or something like that. Right. I think. And that was, that was, um, dark souls three. Yeah. And And bloodborne didn't do bad. Yeah. And it's not, they did bad, but they were like, okay, these are good, solid numbers. No one was expecting fucking Elden ring to do what, how many copies is it sold at this point? Let's find out a lot. It's still the highest selling game this year. Seventeen point five. Yeah. yeah. I I just don't think I, I don't think that anybody expected that. E- even with the, like I said, Dark Souls at this point is at twenty seven million, but that game's been out for for five. Yeah. 
fucking yeah, 12 and to years. be fair, that number that we just said was from October. That doesn't take into consideration holiday numbers. Yeah. So. Oh, shit. Jesus Christ. I don't know. I, like, I don't, I don't think anybody expected this um, at all. Uh, oh, no. here it is. Okay, it was, it was at this point, Dark Souls 3 has shipped. Hang on, what did I just see? Where did it go? 10 million copies. Okay. It sold 3 million copies in its first month. Is that what this is saying? Yeah. So, 3 million copies. I mean, 13 million since 2016. Like I said, nobody was expecting Elden Ring to do this kind of shit. I really think that fucking... Had they had any sort of foresight, Horizon would have been either delayed or moved up. Yeah. I, I just don't think that they knew. I, I don't think that nope. they had any fucking clue. No one could have known. Damn. Oh, man. But that was Austin's pick, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. It makes it hard for me, man, because I don't want to cut some of these because I know that they go far <laughs> for you guys. Um, Josh, I genuinely don't know, so I'm just going to throw You said the quarry would be next, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, but I'm okay with cutting the quarry now. Okay, then I'm gonna. Okay, go ahead. Okay, quarry. The quarry is yet another disappointment on my list. I don't think this game is bad by any stretch, uh, but I have come to the realization I think that I don't think Supermassive Games is going to be able to replicate the same sort of magic they had with Until Dawn. Um, the quarry is probably the closest that it has come. Um, I think the the last of the... I haven't played this newest uh, Dark Pictures anthology yet, but the last one, uh, House of Ash, I thought that one was pretty good. Uh, I don't think it's as good as the quarry. Um, those first two games I don't like almost at all. Uh, Little Hope and Man of Medan. Uh, they're fine, um, but they're like they're unremarkable. The quarry has some stuff going for it, and there's some twists and turns in there that are genuinely kind of unexpected. Uh, but there's something missing. There's some sort of magic missing. And, like, I was super excited for this. Uh, the cast is incredible. Like, the, the cast is really, really fucking good in this. Um, but... Ultimately, I ended up feeling very, like, very similar to how uh, Horizon uh, made me feel. Where I would boot it up after a certain point and be like, I don't want to play this. And, I've, and I would have to force myself to do it. Um, it's not that it's bad. I, I swear, I don't think it's a bad game. It just... It didn't do it for me. It didn't do what I what I wanted it to do or what I felt like it needed to do. Mm -hmm. So Damn. out it goes. RIP. RIP. All right. So let's see. It is my turn now. It's your turn, father. My turn. All right. Oh man. We're getting into the fucking, we're getting into the shit here. All right. Um, All 
All right. Has anyone played Vampire Survivors besides me? No. Okay. I have I not. Austin, what game were you playing a couple of months ago that was vampire related? Huh? I s or demon related? I don't know. Oh uh -huh. my god. No, 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 no. We're not going to do this. I know you played something. No, not, we are going to do this. No, 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 no. We're not because I know what I know you played something that was kind of weird. I think it was a Game Pass game. I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. Talking about Scorn? No. No, no, no. It doesn't matter. We'll talk about this later. It does matter. Now no, I'm curious. No. <laughs> okay. I've not played it. Okay. Uh, what about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Did anybody play it other than me? No. Okay. But I feel like that going anytime soon is going to cause a riot. <laughs> um, well, in that case. I haven't done it just out of respect. Okay. Uh, hmm... Alright, I guess, uh, I, damn, I, I don't want to cut it this early. Alright, how do you, how do you feel about Sonic Frontiers, Austin? Does that need to go a little uh, bit further? It can go. It can go now? It can go. Are you sure? I'm fine with letting it go. Yeah. Okay. 100%. Oh. So, um, I'm fine with letting it go here, but... Uh, I do want to say really quick that I do think that Sonic Frontiers is. Oh God, I don't I don't even know how to describe this game. Um, it caught me very off guard, not only with it actually being as fun and interesting as it is, but the soundtrack just being fucking incredible. Um, aside from that, I mean it it like I dude I fucking hate to say it, but it it's Sonic Breath of the Wild. It really fucking is. Uh, even down to the Koroks, this game has its own version of tiny little Koroks. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of them to collect across the world for power-ups and shit. It, it is very much so a copy and paste, but I think the biggest issue with this game is it is a giant collect-a-thon. Everything that you have to do requires you to collect a certain amount of items before you can do it. Uh, you need to talk to a side character. You need to collect a certain amount of keys to talk to the side character. Uh, you need to open the uh, gates that the stages are locked behind. Well, you need a certain amount of gears from defeated enemies across the map to unlock the stages. Uh, the boss of... Th the game is split up into five separate islands. The boss of every island to fight, you have to collect all seven Chaos Emeralds across that island. It is literally a giant collectathon, and I think that really held the game fucking back for me a lot. Um, I haven't finished it yet. I think I'm at like the end of the third island and I've just kind of lost interest because I, I, I'm tired of collecting the same shit over and over and hearing the same jingles and seeing the same exact screens over and fucking over again. Um, aside from that, I think it's a really good stepping point in the franchise. I think there's a lot of problems that need to be ironed out. Um, but I think this is a step, a good step in the right direction for the Sonic franchise and a step that I think that they have missed the beat on for the better part of 15 fucking years. Okay. Uh, I've, I've actually legitimately heard some very good stuff about Sonic Frontiers. It, it's a very good game. I mean, if you can, if you can get into like, I, it's just to me, the collect-a-thon part of it got way too repetitive way too quickly. Mm. Aside from that, I do genuinely think it's a great game. 
Okay. All right. Um, so just real quick, Austin, just a few minutes ago, were you gaslighting me? About what? About the game, about the vampire game that you played. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm not just gaslighting you. I have no clue. Evil West. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. Okay. I forgot about that. (laughs) I only played like a couple hours of it. I completely (laughs) forgot about that. Holy shit. I couldn't remember which game that you played, but it was that. I had to go back and look through your list. I didn't play it enough to feel like I could put it on the list because I definitely don't think I could form an opinion about it. But yeah, you literally played, said I'm going to go like we were doing something, and you're like, "All right, I'm going to go play some Evil West before bed." And, uh, and I was like, yeah, "What's I don't that?" You're like a vampire game, and then it stuck with me until this point. <laughs> I don't even think I did that. I think I played Pokemon instead. Oh my god, that's fine. All right, at least I, at least it really happened. That's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> you said at least I don't feel crazy. Yes. All right. Okay. All right. All right, my, a second. my pick, um, damn, dude, um, what is on, fuck, I'm not touching any of our top fives for a while. Um, are we doing TMNT anytime soon? Um, I don't have any special attachment to that game. I think it's fun, okay. but uh, there are other games on the list that I like better. Mm-hmm. Okay, I will go. Oh, so that's fine. I'll be the I'll be the villain. I'll go TMNT. Tony is steaming right now. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tony. I know that you. Uh, had a boner for this game. Um, He's going to cancel his subscription oh. to Dylan's OnlyFans now. <laughs> yeah. oh. uh, listen. That's my one follower. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's me. I, this, oh, okay. this is another one of those games that like, I genuinely don't think is a bad game. It just, this is one of those games that didn't speak to me for whatever reason. Um, it just it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, and and what it is is good. Like I I played a, a pretty fair amount of this. I think I got uh, maybe seven or eight levels in, maybe even closer to ten. Um, mm. And like it's fun. It's fun to play. I was enjoying my time with it. But when I like when I think about the stuff that really stuck with me this year, that's not one of them, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the sprite work is really good. I think that the combat is, is pretty fun. Um, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with the combat, to be honest with you. Um, it just, it's missing that something special that, that gives it some staying power for me. Um, super unfortunate, but like, I don't know. It just doesn't, it didn't do anything for me. What he means to say is it's trash, and it should have been the first game to go. No. Uh-oh. No. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, so now it's my turn. Um, I think here we can probably get rid of Vampire Survivors. Uh, okay. Um Vampire Survivors is a hell of a lot of fun. Um... Again, I, d- I don't necessarily have anything bad to say about this game necessarily. It it's just it's missing something. Um, 
I, I don't know what that is. I don't, I don't know if it's like a mix of like strategy or, or what it is because I, I, I feel like I got in the game and I immediately knew what to do and it works in like nice little like 10 to 15 minute bite-sized chunks of gameplay. Um, but it just... I felt like I was doing the same thing over and over again. Even though the characters have different abilities, even though you can... the even though the um, kind of like add-ons uh, kind of pop up uh, randomly, I, I felt like every time I was going through and doing like the same build over and over again, and it was working, and I didn't feel any sort of reason to experiment or anything like that. Um, it's fun. It's a hell of a lot of fun, but I just, again, it's not one that I am... I'm probably not going to play it for much longer, and I'm probably not going to think about it in a year or two. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, is it my turn? Uh, yes, sir. It is yeah. your turn. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, real shit. How much further is Power Wash Simulator trying to go? Um... At least a couple more. <laughs> At least how much longer? Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's probably not going to be able to break our top 15. Mm-hmm. So somewhere in there. Pa- Power Wash Simulator, man. That game's fucking fun. That game's really fucking okay, fun. Okay, okay, What about... Uh, uh, please don't scream at me if I'm wrong. Uh, didn't you not like Ghost Song very much, or am I thinking of something else entirely? You're probably thinking of something else entirely. I like Ghost Song. Okay, a lot. cool. So I'm an idiot. Thanks. Um... <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm Citizen Sleeper. Whoa. There it is. <laughs> I'm okay no, with Power kidding. Wash Simulator going out here. I guess okay, it, it broke cool. our top twenty. Uh, yeah, uh, it did fine. Yeah. More than it should have, but... No, definitely not more than it should have. You need to play... You, people need to play this game. This game is really, really fucking fun. Um, it... Really, the reason that I liked it as much as I, I did is there is some sort of, like, really, really beautiful zen like quality that this game has where I I can sit there and play it and it's like I turn my brain off, I put some music on or a podcast on and I just zone the fuck out and it's so fucking meditative. It's so soothing. It is mm-hmm. it is a comfort game. It is a fucking warm blanket game. Like I Everyone I know who's played it has said it's f- fucking great. I think Gil Beasy played a lot of it this year, too. Yeah, I, it really is fucking great. I don't know any other way to mm. say it. I just, the only thing is, is I'm looking at this list now, and there's not much more that I would maybe cut before it. Yeah. Got you. Okay. Um, so for me... Josh, if you're cool with it, I think you and I were the only two that played it. I'm going to go Nobody Saves the World. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. That's I mean, you, sell, you said it a couple of weeks ago, 
or however long ago. It is just a Zelda game at the end of the day, but it's a really fucking fun game. Um, I didn't expect to like this game as much as I did. You know, I was just Same. going through... Right? I was just going through some Game Pass stuff at some point. It's about to leave Game Pass as of recording this. Um, it's going out pretty soon, unfortunately. Yeah, the 16th, um, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep, so I was just browsing through some stuff, and I saw this, and I really dug the art style for it. Um, so I gave it a shot, and I downloaded it, and immediately it's it has really addictive gameplay. Yep. I mean, I hadn't played something. I mean, Colts of the Lamb was about the only thing this year that comes close to or not comes close but it, it's comparable to this like with how much time I was sinking into it and a lot of the same things I can say about Cult of the Lamb I can say about this like the the art style the combat you know the integration of how many different you know s styles of characters and stuff like that that you can you know Cult of the Lamb can't say that but Cult of the Lamb did a lot of stuff that's just better than this I will say that but what this game does it does really well. Like, I didn't anticipate being able to transform into, what, 12, 15 different characters. Yeah. <laughs> there's, like, a knight, a horse, a rat. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and it goes beyond that. And, like, a, and you can transform into a slug, and yep. that slug is so <laughs> goddamn overpowered. It's crazy. And, like, a bodybuilder and stuff, it is wild what you can turn into. Mm -hmm. And, like, how you can transform into different things to traverse the levels better, like the rat to slip through narrow spaces or transforming into the mermaid to s be able to swim through water and get to previously inaccessible points on the map. And the map itself is really awesome. Like, there's a lot to see. It's very... It, it varies a lot in in kind of the landscapes and environments that you get to go through. Um, like each area feels new, you know. But I, I don't have anything bad to say about the game. It's it's been done before for the most part. It is very much you know the old school classic Zelda game, um, but it innovates. You know, it it makes it a lot of fun, and I had a great time with it. I didn't wind up finishing it, um, but I played hours on hours on hours of it uh when i did have my hands on it you know pl 25 plus probably just exploring the map leveling up doing side quests you know just you know trying to i guess immerse myself in the world and uh, very few games can make me want to do that this one did it exceptionally well yep everything you just said is is pretty much exactly how i feel i i actually don't think i played it as long as you i think i only played maybe like 10 or 15 hours um, yeah. somewhere in that neighborhood. But even still, like, I was having a blast every time I was I was picking it up. Uh, yeah, for sure. So. I think I'll probably, even when it leaves Game Pass, I'll, I'll just re- I can even uh, hopefully get it on Steam or something or get it on, download it through the Xbox app on PC, maybe stream it this year or something. Yeah. So it's a good game. It's a good game. Good game. All right. Uh, whose turn is it? Is it mine? Yeah. Okay. Thanks, man. All right. Um, I think that it is probably time for... Um, I think it's probably time for Hooked on You, a Dead by Daylight dating sim to go. 
I would really, really like to see this go a little bit further, but I just don't see any way around cutting it um, right now. Hooked on You uh, is... I. So I thought it was, like, funny. I was like, oh, ha, ha, ha. It's a dating sim with, like, uh, killers from uh, Dead by Daylight. Okay, that's a that's a cute premise. That's funny, um, and given the fact that you know there's already a community that's like sitting there and they're like uh, jerking off to these characters, like it's it's I don't know. It 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 seemed like this was like the right extension for Dead by Daylight to go down, <laughs> but there's a little bit more going on than just like. A, a one-off joke. I I think that where the game falters is is knowing that it's a joke and and not necessarily being able to let go of that and let you actually have fun with with what you're doing because it it breaks the the fourth wall a lot and and uh, it's like oh isn't this weird isn't this quirky and it's like yeah it is but. You, t- you take that aside, and the characters in it are really well written. Um, like, you really kind of do get to see ins and outs of these these killer characters that I... You know, I don't think that this is, like, actual canon backstory for any of them, but, like, your... The community sort of headcanon for, for these characters really comes out and is really, really nice to, like, read over. Like you get the sense of like longing from a character like uh spirit or um underneath the the tough facade of you know the big kind of almost like bodybuilder girl that is huntress you see this softer side that is is afraid to be seen as anything less than strong and like it really gets into a, a nice psychology in these characters, and like, I I really liked it. I I this is probably the the first dating sim I've played in a really long while that I was like I am enjoying my time with this. I kind of don't want it to end. Um, it it's unfortunate it has to go out here, but I mean I like I said before i just i don't see any other way that it goes any further than this unfortunately Mm-mm-mm. so uh how much is that game i think it was like 10 or 15 bucks worth it yeah so uh austin your turn. oh no it's my turn fuck oh uh, um josh how are you feeling about Evil Dead? Uh, Evil Dead is, I think, needs to make it a little bit further. Okay, okay, okay. What about Roller Dome? Just because I don't know what that is. Uh, Roller Dome is the same. I think it needs to make Dome. it a little bit further. You son of a bitch. Um, what about... Stray. There we go. Get it out of here. How how much further do we want Legends Arceus to go? Uh, 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 
That's a tough one. Yeah, I I I think that's also I think that's also what? tough, uh, but I don't see it breaking our top ten. It's not going to break our top ten. Um, I'm personally okay with letting Legends Arceus go if that's what y'all want to do. I'm personally fine with it. All right. You want to do that? Legends Arceus? Okay. Um, I'll speak on it quick since I think out of, even though all three of us put a lot of time into it, I think I put the most time into it out of the three of us. Uh, I think for what it was, it was great. I think it was severely held back because it was made by Game Freak. And I think if any other company made it, it would have looked and performed significantly better than what it did. Um, but that's just unfortunately what we have to stick with. I think it was a cool stepping stone for maybe a side series if that's something that Game Freak wants to go moving forward. Like, I think this could be a really cool concept to explain more mythical Pokemon uh, in the lore and not just Arceus. Um, like, they could go back to Johto and do a, a, a Legend-style game in Johto, like a Legend Celebi or maybe even a Legend Zygarde for X and Y. There's so mo- there, this Like, this game opens so many doors... And it was so unique, and it was such a breath of fresh air that I feel like Pokemon fans genuinely needed. Uh, ultimately, its performance does significantly hold it back. Uh, especially, I would say, during the last uh, story mission, uh, where you have to go to Spear Pillar to fight either Dialga or Palkia, whichever one you chose. Um, that little effect that's going on with the sky, that's awful, dude. That was horrible. That was probably the worst looking thing I've looked at on a Switch in a long fucking time. That looked absolutely atrocious, uh, which most of the game kind of does. And I I think that that's really sad. But ultimately, I think it was a a pretty good game, but it was held back by a lot. Yeah, I I agree with all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. Performance was my biggest issue with the game overall. Um, I think I spoke about it in depth. I played a lot of docked because I was streaming it when it came out um, and that's where I saw a lot of my performance issues now when I took it to handheld not so much um, there were some weird. visual hiccups that I really didn't care for like I don't think we should be at a point in 2022 where we're, we still have floating rocks and textures and stuff like that like that's just piss poor yeah. like you know get your shit together um, it's just bad time management it truly is. Um, I will say that I had a lot of fun with the game. Um, I think that Arceus did a lot right that I wish Scarlet and Violet would have done. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked the the true free roam mechanics where it's like, not free roam, but I guess just freedom to do what I want when I wanted to. If I wanted to throw a Pokeball and catch it, I could. I didn't have to initiate a battle. But if I wanted to, it was seamless to do so really mm-hmm. um i liked the like the storms where you could go into one of the storms and there'd be a ton of pokemon spawning and like items were dropping everywhere i thought that was really cool um kind of made you feel like it was like a almost a perilous situation because it wasn't just pokemon that were spawning it was big pokemon like it was the dangerous ones and they were spawning in mass and i thought that was really awesome um some of the things that Scarlet and Violet left out, like I think the shiny mechanics in Arceus are so much better in regards to just them in the overworld. Um, like the fact that I could actually still see the sparkle and everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like 
them taking that out, not a good thing. Um, but I had a, I had a great time with it. I I think it's one of my most played games of the year. Um, especially just going back to it a few a couple of months ago and investing even more time into it, trying to do more with the you know just shiny hunting and stuff like that. Even restarting it. I mean, I was just having a good time with it. So. I think it it really couldn't have gone much further. Truly, I don't think so. Um, but a pleasant surprise, disappointing in a lot of facets, but a pleasant surprise. Yep, yep, I agree with all of that. Um, honestly, I think in many ways Arceus is actually better than Scarlet and Violet. Yeah. Um, it just there's something about that game that. I didn't, it didn't hook me the way that Scarlet and Violet did. Um, I don't know Agreed. what it, what it was about the difference between the two, but there, there was something that Ar Arceus just, it did not, it didn't have that it factor. Um, and that's legitimately speaking, the only thing that holds it back. I think I, otherwise I think that it is really, really terrific. I, I, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Um, sad to see it go. Was that yours? No, no that, was that was awesome. awesome. No. Yeah, that was mine. Uh, what's left? Your move. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just that's what I think of when I hear that from the theme song. Um, <laughs> uh, triangle strategy. Yeah. I can go ahead. Yeah. Damn. I didn't I did not dabble in this this year. I think I dabbled in Octopath. Yeah, Octopath is great. Um Triangle Strategy is a um how do I wanna put this? To say it's good, not great, I, I think undersells it. I think that the mechanics behind this game fucking rule. I think that the sprite work behind this game fucking rules. Uh, even some of the characters in the game, I think, are really, really fucking awesome. I also kind of like how... Um, excuse me, sorry. How the story unfolds. Um, but I... Much like, I think, Arceus and... Um, what was the one we cut before this? Hooked on You and Nobody Saves the World. Like, all of these games had really, really great stuff going for them, but they didn't do anything especially spectacular, right? I feel the same exact way about Triangle Strategy. I think that this game fucking rules on a lot of levels, but it doesn't do anything especially, I don't know, special. Um, mm hmm I also kind of hate the main character. I, I think that uh, Sarah Noah is just a fucking bland as can be fucking goddamn Boy Scout of a character. And it just, it drives me nuts. Um, yeah, I, I really liked it. And I, I, I couldn't justify it going much further, if I'm being honest. Um, it's good. It's great game. Great game. Hell yeah. It's a game I want to get to, for sure. I think I played the demo and I liked it. I just never picked up the full release. Yeah. 
I think that you would dig it. Um, it's, I probably would. It's very tactical RPG, very Fire Emblem, um, tactics yeah. over type thing. Okay. So. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, cool. Who's, uh, whose turn is it now? Yeah. Okay, it's mine. Yours. All right. Um, <sighs> how do we feel about Modern Warfare 2? Yep, I mean, that was literally going to be my next pick, so. Yeah, that can go. Okay. All right. Um, who wants to say their piece about it? Um, to be fair, I haven't played the story yet. I was saving the campaign for this year just so it counted as a game that I've completed. Mm-hmm. Um, I slept. I I didn't. Sl- I didn't think that it was a bad game. I just slept on getting it. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Waited a long time, even after your praise of the game. I think I was still just tied up with other things that I was playing or doing. So I didn't. I get, I didn't get to it right away. So. When I did, I felt like an idiot. Like, I felt like I, I wish I would have had it when you had it. I wish Austin could have had it. We would have had such a great time, like, had all three of us simultaneously played it. Because mm. this game is so good. <laughs> like the We multiple, can still do that. We, we can still. Um, <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, but it, it's... It's what I've missed from a Call of Duty for a very long time. Like, this is... This is right up there with the days of, like, Black Ops and Black Ops 2 for me. Like, mm-hmm. it's that kind of feeling. Um, it's addicting. Like, it's not just a, I'll sit down and I'll play a match or two, then I'm bored. It's if I'm sitting down to play this game, it's going to be for a minute. Like, it's 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 going to sink its clutches into me. So I've dumped hours on hours into it. Um I've played all the maps that there is to see, and I love them all. Like, there's not a map that comes up, and I'm like, great. I don't have that. I love the detail. I love the level design. I like... I like that they feel... easy to navigate, but still... I guess, detailed enough to make every firefight seem engaging, and it's not just like... Mm -hmm. I don't... It's just... It's so much fun, man. Like, I forget the map itself, but I was thinking of one in particular. I think it's it's the hotel map, right? Yeah. Like, that. if you're playing Domination, B is kind of, like, in the, in the middle mm-hmm. of both buildings, right? Yeah, that one, like, that's... I remember playing that map for the first time and being like, I'm... I'm here, like I'm back in that feeling. Like it was so good, but all of the maps are like that. Like I love the one that has like a thousand cars on it, and you're fighting. It's like the the border patrol map. Mm-hmm. I think it is. Um, like the one that's out in the midst of a desert somewhere, but it, it's more meant for medium to long range fights, and it's it just completely switches up the formula as opposed to all the other maps. They did really good. <laughs> And the sound design in this game, holy shit. Like, Call of Duty usually nails it, but this one, I feel like I'm there. Man, when I put my headset on to play, mm-hmm. each gun feels different. The, I, Just even small, minute, like, tiny details. Like, if a grenade lands next to me and I hear it, and I can hear it rolling towards me, that shit is terrifying. Um, and they... 
they because of the detail they put into the sound design, it adds to the immersion of me just playing the multiplayer. And I think that in, in, in itself makes it so addicting. But I mean, I I can go on forever. We've all played this game. We all deserve our piece for it. Austin, you've probably, uh, scarily enough, put more time in it than both of us. <laughs> yeah, I I played a shit ton of this game. Um, uh, I, it, I, I happen to be lucky enough to have been given this game by a very nice person coming off heels of being deathly sick for like four fucking days. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, this, it literally, when I say this game literally swept me off my feet and carried me away, I fucking mean it. It's all I've done for like the last two or three weeks. Um, I think that this is the best Call of Duty game ever. Uh, but that's also coming from somebody who, uh, kind of missed the whole Call of Duty thing. Like, the only COD games I've ever played are Ghosts, Black Ops 4, and Modern Warfare, and Cold War. And now this one. That's it. Those are the only ones I've ever played. Um, so I don't. I can't really compare it to the large roster of titles. But I think everything in this game is incredible. From the level design, from the sound design, to the guns themselves. Everything is just so fantastic and, and fluid. The game does have bugs that need to be ironed out. Like, it really pisses me off that my tokens just randomly decide when they want to be there and when they don't. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it kind of lags pass. behind. That's super fucking frustrating. But eventually they show up. So, um, But other than that, really great game. Hell yeah. Alright. Um, cool. Uh, I mean... I've already kind of said everything that I think needed to be said on my part about it um, already. Mm-hmm. Um, the game's fucking rad. I, I mean, I don't know what else to tell people. Um, so, uh, yeah. That was your pick? That was, was it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. Um, cool. So, number 13 is Austin's pick. Uh, this is a tough one. Josh, I assume your feelings on Crisis Core are pretty high. Um, I would assume. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. I think... Alright, so looking at it now, I still have a bunch of games left. I think that right now, if you wanted to cut either... Um, either Neon White... Or, <laughs> uh, no, if you wanted to cut Evil, uh, Evil Dead, Ghost Song, or Roller Drone, um, somewhere in that order, I would be okay with it. Okay, let's go with Roller Drone. Okay. Alright. Let's go with that one. Um, Roller Drone is a fucking awesome... Tony Hawk's butt with guns game. Um, <laughs> I know that sounds fucking ridiculous, but it is so, so much fun to play. And that is, I mean, basically what it is. Um, I, I really don't even know what else to say about it. Other than that, to be completely honest with you, I, I, that's the premise. Uh, like in terms of gameplay design, um, that's just basically what it is. I, I 
yeah, uh, it's fucking tons of fun. I don't even know what else to say about it. Um, game kind of fucking rules. Hell yeah. I'll have to check it out. Um, well, I mean, with that said, go song. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's probably fine. I didn't know which one ranked higher, that or Evil Dead for you. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think about it right now. And, yeah, I, I think it is probably probably Ghost Song. Uh, Ghost Song is a game that um, I, I really think gets a lot of the fundamentals of the Metroidvania series down right. It drips with atmosphere, man. Like, this game is just fucking oozing atmosphere um it has really great music it has some really wonderful characters um really my, my only complaint about it if i if i'm being honest and the reason that i don't think that it would make make it much further is i just i don't When you when you think about modern day Metroidvanias, the ones that stick out are things like Hollow Knight, right? And the thing about Hollow Knight is, while it does all this intangible stuff right, it plays excellently. Ghost Song, I feel like, plays very good, but it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily hit all of the the same sort of mechanical beats that I want from Metroidvania. It's not snappy like a lot of the Metroidvanias that I've played are. Um, it's good and it's totally serviceable, but it it falters behind in that one category. And because of that, I, I can't put it in that upper echelon. Um, it's a really good game. I really like it a lot. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is as far as it goes. Damn. Yeah. Um, okay. So I guess, is it, is it my turn? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, <sighs> hmm. God damn. Yeah. I guess evil dead. The game has to go now. Um, this would have been cool to see it in the top 10 but uh, you know it is what it is these other games are, are just they're going to have to go further I think um, alright so Evil Dead the game uh, Dead by Daylight is one of my favorite games ever uh, I play it religiously um, Evil Dead the game takes everything that that game does well and then kind of does it even better um I am hard-pressed to think of something that it doesn't do better than Dead by Daylight, honestly. Um, maybe... Maybe it's the lack of content. Uh, I mean, the game came out in May, and I think there have only been two content patches. Um, and there, there is no, like... Um, like uh, the Rift or, or Battle Pass or whatever you want to call it uh, in this game. Um, yeah, it just, it 
it's fucking awesome, and it does a lot of uh, good stuff, especially if you're a fan of the of the sort of um, Evil Dead series, the the franchise. I, I think that it nails the tone um, better than any other game that I've ever played that has a like Evil Dead in the title. Um, so, yeah, uh, it just. The only reason that it doesn't go further, I, I think, is just because there are better games. Honestly, I, I just that's just how it is, unfortunately. So. Dang. All right. Is it my turn? Uh, yes. All right. Uh, I told myself I wanted this game to at least make top fifteen, and I guess now it has at least made top ten, which is awesome. Uh, I don't expect it to go any further because there are some really great games left on this list. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and knock out Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. Your number five game of the year, right? This is number three. Oh. I changed my list around. This is actually number three, I think. Oh, you son of a um, bitch. <laughs> looking back at it, I spent, I spent more time on this game than anything else this year by a fucking long shot. Um, it is the first game that I have ever uh, completed any type of battle pass uh, uh, type system. Uh, and it is also one of the first games that I personally, by myself, have ever made it to literally the toppest level of the uh, competitive uh, uh, I, I, fuck, scene, I guess. I don't know what other word to fucking say. Um, but I climbed as high as I could in the competitive ladder and made it to the top rank. And that both of those things were first for me. And I, this game took over so bad, dude. Like I, I, there was one point back in October, I was literally playing it on my way to work. I was playing it on all of my breaks on work, playing it on the way home and then playing it for the rest of the night. Uh, it got so bad that when me and Madison took our little weekend trip to Savannah, uh, Halloween weekend for a buddy to get engaged I played it the whole way there, and even that night in the condo while we were all hanging out, I was like, listen, I'm level 99 on this fucking battle pass. I've got till midnight. I've got to fucking knock this out. I'm sorry. Um, this, it, it, it's phenomenal. It is it is the most accessible free-to-play game I think I've, I've ever uh, put my hands on. All of those games are riddled with, with costly microtransactions and paywalls that most of the time make you feel like you really have to pay to be good at the game. That's not the case with Master Duel. They hand out plenty of gems. You are given plenty of ways to access new cards, whether it's the uh, secret packs that you can unlock or um, just getting them through completing duels, like the story mode, or by fucking uh, crafting. This game has a fucking crafting system. A card game has a crafting system. That's incredible. Um, and I, I loved every single fucking second of it. I still think this game has a long way to go. It was pretty bare bones when it first launched, only offering you a, a story mode that only had a couple of paths, uh, a ranked ladder, and casual play with your friends. But there wasn't even a casual lobby for you to just play with strangers. That didn't even exist until a couple of months after the game came out. Now, we do have the casual lobbies. We do have team-based dueling, but there's still so there's so much more they could do to up this experience, whether it be adding tag duels or or uh, bringing in uh, speed duels or completely separate formats. 
And they do uh, do a little bit of that when they do their special events where you can only play with decks that have fusion monsters or you can only play with decks that have uh, only synchro monsters. And it's, it's, it's a really good fucking time. It is an awesome simulator for the actual game that I feel like more TCGs need to be doing. Um, I know Pokemon and Magic both have them, but honestly, I don't feel like their simulators are anywhere near as fun or honestly just well-designed as Master Duel. Um, I think it's really incredible, and I honestly, I think it's the future of the game. So... I think I 100% agree with you because you actually got me to go back and play Yu-Gi-Oh! this year because of this game. And everything that you just said about it being the most easily accessible and probably the least monetized in terms of what you need to put into mm -hmm. free-to-play game, 100% right. Mm -hmm. I never spent money on this game and I always could make the deck that I wanted to make through their crafting system and all of the little, you know, the, the currency that they give you, I mm -hmm. never had to spend money. It is so easy to pick up, and it made me love Yu-Gi-Oh! again. And I did not touch this game um, leading up until the top ten because I knew how much it meant to you. Um, and on the way to this point, I've been on Twitch the whole time, and I've been watching the numbers go up and down. Currently, it's in the top 30 games being played with 12,000 viewers and 101 people streaming the game. It's going That's neck and crazy. neck. Neck and neck with Genshin Impact right now. That's crazy. Genshin sitting at 13. Uh, K views as of Yu-Gi-Oh! sitting at 12. But just a few minutes ago, they were both sitting at 14K. Dang. So it is really awesome to see just how... I th just how accurate I think your statement was. I think this is the future of the game, and I think they do have a long way to go. Because when I was playing it, there's so much more that I wanted from it, mm -hmm. but it's so easy to implement. Like, oh yeah, it it's a really easy way to get back into the game if you're an old player returning. It'll walk you through all of the new mechanics. It was really good. I mean, I'm very grateful that I had the chance to play it this year alongside you because. I agree. I mean, I for what it has done for the name Yu-Gi-Oh, weirdly enough, it deserves to be in this top 10. It it was a wonderfully made game that I even when this uh cuz Master Duel was announced, I think early 2021. I think it was like January or February of 2021 uh we got the reveal for Master Duel and it, like everyone in the community of that fan base immediately was roasting this game this was going to be terrible this was going to be microtransactioned out the ass they yep. were going to support it for sick for three three to four months like they did uh link evolution uh like link evolution they promised to keep supporting and they just didn't they supported it once it got one update almost a year after its initial japanese release and that's all we fucking got um, which I guess now we know that behind the scenes Master Duel was was in the works, so they probably felt like there was no reason to if they were going to just do this. Um, but Konami has been really on top of their fucking game with supporting Master Duel, uh, so much so that like they're and and they're actively paying attention. I think that Konami pays more attention 
to the meta of Master Duel than they pay attention to the meta of the actual TCG. Because there are cards in the TCG that have been running rampant for years that are really making that game toxic. But in Master Duel, the moment they see one card being abused for more than a couple of weeks, boom, new ban list, fixed immediately. Now yeah. the meta completely fucking changes. And they're so on top of their fucking game. And, like, there's only... It's only going up from here. I hope. Maybe. It's Konami, so there's still a chance. But we'll see. Okay. Well. Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel out at number 10. Um, Dylan, is it your turn? It is yeah. my turn. Um, this is where it gets hard. Yeah, this is where it gets really hard. Josh, uh, uh, how far, how much further do you want Crisis Core to go? Crisis Core can go now. Okay. <laughs> I have not played it, but I'm so excited to get back to it, dude. I love the original Cri Crisis Core. I shit you not. Let me, let me think about this. I never finished Final Fantasy 13. Crisis Core was the very first Final Fantasy that I think I played on the PSP. And I think outside of just dabbling in 13, I've never touched another Final Fantasy. Crisis Core was my first experience with the game franchise. Yeah. Well, um, it's, it's, it's a good one. Um, everything that I said about the uh, Chrono Cross remake um, is kind of like not, or, or remaster, I should say, uh, is kind of not applicable here. This is something that that Square very clearly cared about. Um, and so they did a good job of, you know, actually remastering it. And um, the game is just a fucking blast to play, man. Um, it has one of the one of the best stories in any Final Fantasy, I think. Um, I, I haven't finished it on a on on this playthrough. Um, but my memory tells me that that's the case. Um, we'll see how I feel once I actually uh, beat this. Uh, but everything in here is, is awesome. Like, they've revamped the combat to make it playable on modern consoles. The graphics... Uh, there, are, there are spots where it kind of still looks like a PSP game. Um, but, you know, they're very, very few and far in between. And it's mainly in stuff like animations, not even necessarily like how the game actually looks. Um, yeah, I, it rules. It's a fucking awesome game. Um, I wish that it could go further, but I, I mean, we haven't even touched my top five yet, and there are still eight games on the list, so this is, I mean, this is where it had to go, I think. Damn. So, unfortunate, but it's uh, it's a great fucking game. Go check it out. All right, um, Austin, it's what? your turn. No, no, no. Oh, I, cho I chose Crisis oh. Core. Oh no, it's your turn. Oh, okay. That's why I said what like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I knew there was a reason for my attitude. Uh, yeah, well, I didn't just give him <laughs> provoked. Okay, shit. This is where it starts getting real fucking <laughs> hard. Uh, I, f I feel it coming. Um, the only two that I think that can be cut right now based on 
how each of us feel uh, going forward. There's only two. There's Cult of the Lamb, and there is Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Do you guys? I feel like each of us like those games more than each of us like a game that we didn't play, like <coughs> Citizen Sleeper. But um, I, I <laughs> Citizen Sleeper is, that being, is making it further. Okay. Well, in that case, Austin, I'm gonna let you pick. Uh, don't do that to me. And again, okay. Let's see. Mm. Um, my uh, these so my, two games. Let me let me ahead. say this. My the only reason that I I bring up Pokemon Violet. And, and Scarlet is because they it is sitting at number 8 in my list it is sitting at number what 3 for you and number 4 for Austin um so I, I mean we could call, cut Cult of the Lamb it's number 5 for Dylan it's number 5 for Austin and it's number where 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 the fuck did my ranking go? It's number five for me. So, I it sits at number five with. Where's Stray at in your top five? For me, it yeah. is number four. Hmm. But and again, like with the t- up, I know, I know, you love it, but. Oh god! Just cut Colt of the Lamb because my other thought was immortality, but I know it goes further. Yeah, uh, we could. That we just... could also. I mean, we could. It could be argued that we could cut Stray here. It's at number four for you. It's at number four for me. But Austin didn't even We're play not it. Cutting Stray before those two. <laughs> okay. All right. And it like. I hate you. Fine. Just do Austin. It's your pick. All right. Wait, hang on. So are we cutting Cult of the Lamb? That's what I'm saying. It's his pick. Oh, it is? Because you offered it to Dylan and Dylan doesn't want to make the choice. So he's throwing it back. I'm throwing But I, I, because both of these two games, Scarlet and Violet to me, oh man. See, that's why it's cut hard Cult because neither one of us have any attachment to immortality or citizen sleeper. So yeah, cut it's, Cult of the Lamb. It's hard. Cult of the Lamb, I agree. Right. With. If okay if we that. cut Cult of the Lamb here, right, I'll give you immortality at either seven or six. All right. Well, uh, it's your pick after mine. So Cult of the Lamb for me. So Cult of the Lamb at number eight. Wait. No, because you you cut. That's Josh's pick. Yeah, that's true. That is Josh's pick. Yeah, fuck. So now it's me. Um. Well, we got to talk about Cult of the Lamb. Let's talk about. Oh fuck! Yeah, let's talk about. Stop fast forwarding. (laughs) I'm sorry. It was good. Yep. Perfectly fine game. (laughs) Cult of the Lamb is fucking awesome, man. It's fucking great dude it it, i don't think thanks to you actually because up until at some point this year we were doing something and you're you're telling me about cult of the lamb and i'm like what is that and then i looked it up and i'm like that's for me that was absolutely right up my alley and austin this is another roguelite for you that you Mm -hmm. wound up playing 
right behind Hades this year. So that's kind of awesome. But for a game that I knew nothing about until you said something, holy shit, if it wasn't a ton of fun. And I didn't know I was going to be playing Animal Crossing in the midst of all of it, so that was addicting. <laughs> I just... I didn't anticipate how fun it would be. I didn't anticipate, like, even from the video that I watched, that snippet of the trailer, how much I would fall in love with the art direction. Like, that's something For that, sure. if you've listened to us throughout this year, it's something that I think we've spoken about a lot in a lot of the games we play, because it's been very important in 2022. A lot of games had just impeccable art direction this was one of them this was one of the standouts to me i loved everything about this kind of cartoony macabre setting you know like it it, it felt inviting like i i wanted to see all the new levels i wanted to see what came next you know from the what was the four major boss er areas that you could go to they were all so different, and they all had this sense of wonder behind them. Mm -hmm. And it was because of how they just nailed the art direction. And then, man, just the, how much fun you ha could have with the combat and like going into a, n a new level, how you got to kind of pick your loadout kind of in a Hades-esque style of what weapon you were going to use, what power-up you got, you know, going into the different levels and then finding new spells or new vendors to get stuff. It was so expansive. I didn't anticipate that I would spend however many hours I spent on the game. You know, it went above Nobody Saves the World. It went above even Stardew Valley this year because I, I made that like a, a goal, right, to uh, beat that game for the challenge. I played Cult of the Lamb more than Stardew Valley. That says a lot. Um... I didn't expect the level of fun out of it. And I, I, you know, I said, you know, I didn't expect to play Animal Crossing. I really didn't know what I was getting myself into when I started creating all these new structures for my little cult, you know, trying to take care of them as they were getting sick or they were having arguments amongst each other. And then all the fun shit you could do, like sacrificing to bolster morale or, you know, instill some fear in them. Like the whole cult mechanic was a lot of fun. Um, what a great game <laughs> I'll just for for something that going into 2022 had no idea of it, you know it was it was a gift that I didn't know I wanted but it was phenomenal mm -hmm. loved every bit of it yep great fucking game super wonderful game super fucking addicting yep uh, I, I mean honestly everything that you said about it totally holds true like i i don't know how these two disparate elements or, or like genres coalesce co yeah and, and they do they just they fucking work um it i i don't think that it does the roguelite stuff as well as other roguelikes and i don't think that it does the the social sim aspect as as good as some other games but the fusion of the two just fucking works it just works Admit, like, and it made sense, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, like, you were trying to take care of them, so ultimately they could benefit you in the long run, and you wanted that. Yeah, yeah. Like, you got more powerful from it. They, in, in the very end, 
wound up essentially, I guess, what, unlocking the final boss, you know? Like, it, you were trying to amass this cult for a reason. Yep. Oh, it's just so good, dude. Yeah. Uh, it is a game that is totally deserving of being in our top ten. Um, like I said, mm-hmm. it is my number five on the year. So, uh, obviously, I thought it was deserving. Um, and I know none of us... You want to talk about the boss fights a little bit? Because how fucking fun were those? Very fun. Like, I, even even when I was getting frustrated, like I was like you know what, this is fucking awesome. I, I am deeply in love with, like, what I'm doing here. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, it was almost Elden Ring in its style because it's like, yeah, there were some seriously frustrating parts, but it was like, get better at the game, learn the mechanics, yeah. learn the patterns, and then it's like, once you did that, it clicked, and you had that eureka moment, and it felt great. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um... I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like we could heap praise on it the entire rest of the show, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Yeah. But it was definitely a standout title this past year. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah. All right. It goes out at number eight. All right. Um, Whose turn is it? Austin's. Uh, you. Mine? Oh, no. Um... Josh, how are you feeling about immortality? We can let it go here. Okay. Yeah. I figure. It's, um... Immortality is one of the best games I've played this year. It's my number... Let's see. Number five for me was Cult of the Lamb. Ah! Why did I... Why did it do that? Uh, number five for me was Cult of the Lamb. Um, and then I already said... Uh, you guys already know that um, da, 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 Stray is my number four. Um, Immortality is my number three. Um, it is... It's art. I, I mean, I, I don't even know any other way to say it. It is a work of art. Um, it has so many fucking things to say, and it is so weird on so many different levels. And it just fucking works it i i mean i really just i i genuinely don't know what else to say about it other than it it kind of fucking rules like i i I think it has some of the best and strongest uh writing in any game this year uh i think that it has so much to say about how we consume art and the pretension of art and uh just um i mean like I, like I said, it, it does everything so excellently. It is kind of, in, in some ways, it's 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 fucking intimidating because of everything that it's saying. It just, I don't know. Um, the game fucking rules. I I I really don't know what to say about it that I haven't already said from our our category show because. Um, you know, I gushed about it on there. Um, yeah, it's uh, fucking it rules, man. It's a great game. Um, I wish that more people were willing to play it. Um, yep, 
I don't know. Uh, it's a good game. <laughs> good game. There we go. All right. Well, this shit sucks. Now it's <laughs> even worse. <laughs> Give me a minute, cause I, either way, I'm about to hurt myself. So I just need a second to figure out which way I'm going to do it. Um. Man, I really hate to see Stray go here, but I I think that's the one. Yeah, I think that's I, the the most feasible option. I'm gonna get emotional talking about this game because of how. So to preface this, I don't think I ever actually said it on the podcast. I know Josh knows it. When we were set out to do an entire episode about this, I started playing it, and. Within a couple of hours, I wound up stopping. I just... I don't even think it was a couple of hours, I'm going to be real with you. I think within an hour and a half, some there was just some kind of disconnect. I don't think I was in the right headspace for it. And this was a game that I was hyping up. Like, I, I mentioned it multiple times throughout the year. I was excited for it. But I stopped playing it because there was some kind of disconnect. But ultimately, I knew we had to record an episode. And funny enough... We never did. Since then, we've talked about it in in depth. Like we've we've spoken about Stray a lot. Um, but in my head at the time, I knew that I needed to play this so we could get that episode. So I went back and I restarted. And maybe it was because I was in a better place, or maybe because I needed to play it at the time. I fell in love with the game. I started to understand that the game wasn't for the cat. It wasn't for the stray. I thought that, you know, the game kind of leads you from the get-go. Like, you're traveling with a pack of cats and then you get separated from them. And it's like, okay, the game is about finding your way back to the pack. But the more you invest your time into it, the more that you start to understand you're not even the main character. <laughs> like, you pick up this adorable little companion robot, B12, and he's your translator, he's your backpack, he's your nightlight, he's your weapon. And he's the one that you're kind of playing the story for. He and, along with all the other robots that are down there in the slums, they're fighting for hope. They're fighting for something more. And the more that you play the game, the more that you start to learn about not only them, but a little bit about B12. And I'm going to, I, I say this every time I talk about it, I'm going to v keep the details of the story from that point vague because I think everyone deserves to play it. To redirect real quick, the art direction, I, I'm going to say it again, this was the year of game for art directions. Or, you know, games with great art direction. Um, Stray was one of them. I think some of these environments were absolutely stunning. Like, it starts off in the slums, and it, it is what it is. Like, there, like you, you start to get a, a snippet of it, but then once you get into this just this neon expanse when you make it to the big city 
absolutely incredible. Like, it was jaw-droppingly gorgeous. And you kind of see different environments throughout the story work its magic, even in the sewers, you know, in the dark and gritty places, on the, on the rooftops of the slums. Everything that you're seeing stands out. And it's absolutely amazing. And I love that you can just be a cat if you wanted to. You can walk around. You can knock paint buckets off. You can scratch the carpet with haptic feedback, which is incredible to me. You, when I say, like, you're scratching doors in order to get in to further the story. Like, that's adorable that that's a mechanic. You kind of have to be obnoxious sometimes. You, you knock paint cans over to cause a distraction or make one of the inhabitants of the slums angry at you. So it opens the door. Like, there's so much charm behind the game that it's incredible. And all of that fast forwards to the end when you have this absolutely ah, it, it's just it's thematically beautiful um, how, how the game concludes. It's a message that I needed to hear. It's a message that you didn't know that you were playing the game for. <laughs> It was spectacular. Yep. Hell yeah. Yep. Uh, Stray is, I said it before, it's my number four game of the year. The only reason that I don't think it goes further than that is because I just... Um, I, the, the games that came after it just spoke to me more. Um, it is a really really great game and that ending i is boy it is something else um it is heart-wrenching and uh like and and not in the way you expect yeah no it really is like a thing of beauty like it is so just fucking beautiful and it made me cry, uh, like, yep. s like sob. <laughs> like, even now, like, I got tears, man. Like, it's such a beautiful story. Yep. Um, Very few games in my life have ever moved me the way that Stray did. Yeah, it is, it is a very special game. I, I, I don't, I, I genuinely don't know what else to say about it that you didn't already say like I, I, I feel like you everything you said you nailed it like it, it it's just it is one of the best games of yeah. the year just straight up I feel like had Austin been able to finish it it might have made it a little further mm -hmm. um, but we got some good awesome. games coming up yep yep I agree um and that was my pick. That was your pick. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, cool. Well, that means that it is my pick now. Um, I feel like this is an easy one. This is hard. 
think this is going to be the saddest I've been at the end of our game of the year show. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are only two that really. I, I guess there are three really that that stick out. Um, just, 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 just rip the bandaid off. Just tear the hair, wax <sighs> me. Citizen Sleeper is my number two game nope. of the year. Nope. 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 What do you mean? Cut Pokemon. Why? Because that absolutely does. I absolutely I know what Citizen Sleeper means to you, and it's not going out at whatever we're uh, at. If you want to let it go at four, fine, but Pokemon should go at five. Well, no. Yeah, it can't, none, it can't go at five. <laughs> that game means way too much to you, dude. And I knew that from the last episode that we just did. Like, you spoke so passionately about some of those characters and what it meant to you. I would rather see Pokemon go out here. Okay. Uh, if, you guys are, if you guys are willing to give that to me, I, I will yeah. gladly take it. 100%. Um, all right. Who wants to start? I, I'll be quick. Game blew me away with my expectations. It performs like shit, and they could have done a lot with it, but story got me. Story got me good. Um, Which is surprising in itself. It is very surprising. It had three stories that I didn't think I would be invested in, that I didn't think I'd care about, and by the end of it, kind of had me feeling like Stray did with Arvin's storyline, because... Man, when I tell you, I know what it would be like to be standing there as a kid and seeing your your last parent disappear. Not easy. Um, and everything else, that, again, thematically, that came from it. Like, even he, dude, he watched his last family member go away, but he was okay because he had built a genuinely strong bond along the way, and everyone did. And that was fucking beautiful. And everything else that the game did that was so immersively addicting that we've already spoken about in mass over the past few episodes, it stands true. Like, the game, I wanted nothing more than to beat every gym, than to beat every trial, you know, find all the Urban Mystica, do all the raids, go shiny hunting. Like, this was a Pokemon game that had its hands on me, and it did not let go, and I've not felt this way since I had a DS in my hand playing fucking 10, 15 years ago. So, beautiful, beautiful game. I loved every bit of it. Yep. Uh, Austin, this is your number, what, four? Yeah. Um, like, kind of echoing off of what Dylan said, uh, I really thought that this was leading up to it. I thought this was going to be the game that kind of killed Pokemon for me, and it definitely wasn't. Um I really thoroughly enjoyed this game. The story blew me away. The characters blew me away. Uh, the performance blew me away, but for completely opposite reasons. I did not expect this game to perform as bad as it did. Uh, but, alas, it did. However, uh, just me personally, it, I don't really require... I don't know. I don't need more than 30 frames per second in a turn-based RPG. It's just not necessary for me. So it did not distract from the overall experience. Um... I really thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think this was a super awesome, solid step for Pokemon. 
uh, kind of in the same vein that Legends Arceus was, I think that there were some steps taken back uh, that didn't make a whole lot of sense, um, but I can kind of see where they're going with what they had, and I'm, I'm excited to see what the future of Pokemon looks like moving forward. Hell yeah. Um, I... I feel like I've talked about this shit ad nauseum. Um, this is not a game that I was expecting. You know, uh, I, I really was not expecting this to, to, to be as good as it was. I, I, it really, like, I was absolutely 100% blown away by just how much of this game I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. Um, it, I, I don't even know. It has some sort of, like, intangible, just beauty to it. Uh, there's so much in here that, like, it's hard to talk about without sounding like um, a, a Pokemon fanboy. But the thing is, like, I'm not. I'm not a Pokemon fanboy. At like, all. Like, I haven't enjoyed these games since fucking, you know, the even before the Game Boy Advance ones, right? Like, it, but it, it, it does everything that Pokemon is supposed to do right, and it works. My, the biggest thing, the, the reason that it, it didn't make my, my top five is the fucking performance is so garbage, man. Like, it's awful. Truly one of the worst fucking games this year in terms of performance. But it didn't fucking matter. It just did not matter. Pokemon fucking Scarlet and Violet is so much fun to fucking play. It has a wonderful story. Um, I don't love it nearly as much as you guys do, but like thematically there's a lot of really nice stuff going on there. Um, that I think a lot of kids who are coming into the game, it's stuff that they could understand and appreciate yeah which i think is great yeah 100 percent. um yeah uh, it's it's wonderful it is it is a fucking great game um i i really wish that the performance was better because it would have it would have easily made um made my top five i think it, it's the second it's the game that i put the second most hours into this year that, that Austin, it's your pick. Oh God. Oh Jesus. Um Wait, my pick was number four, right? Josh, are you offering that up or uh it's so, it's I was okay, so, a text, so it's, I was kinda out the last It's five either minutes. that or it's it's Digimon, right? Because mm-hmm. and I feel like it should go here because it would give one, two, and three to our individual one, two, three, or number ones. I agree with you. I think it, I, like, if I had my way, man, it would be number two. But I yeah. don't think that there's a way to get around. So here's, I'm okay with letting Neon White go here. Oh, God, you're going to make me choose between the two of you. Jesus Christ. No. Just... Neon White's my game of the year. Mm-hmm. And what it 
what it did for me isn't what Citizen Sleeper did for Josh. Okay, so do you want the Omar Josh, to I'm okay with letting it go here. Uh I if oh, you're not, I've th- then that puts it at Citizen Sleeper, Digimon Survive, Neon White, Elden Ring. I think that I right. think that that's fair. I think that that's a fair. My th- all right, listen. Here's my thing. Citizen Sleeper did for me what no other game this year did, and and that's including Elden Ring. I was struck very very emotionally by this game. Um. There are like experiences that I still think about from that game that just they when I when I sit and think about them they make me very very happy and very very sad and all kinds of different emotions. Um, I'm the only one that played it. It's also not my number one, and I do think that. Neon White being your number one, Digimon, like I feel like Austin had a very a very similar experience to yep. to mm-hmm. me with with Digimon, um, and I I think I I think that it would be totally and completely fair to put Citizen Sleeper here at number four. Okay, but one last. One last counterpoint. You played Neon White, and you've played it semi-extensively yeah. recently. Mm-hmm. What it has done for you, would it warrant being at number two? Um, because my thing is that my two emotional attachment games came. The biggest one this year was Stray. Mm-hmm. Pokemon was second. And then everything else on my top five was how much fun I had with the games. Neon White was the most fun I've had with any game this year. Okay. Mm -hmm. It blew me away in a lot of ways. So, I don't want Citizen Sleeper to be downplayed if it made you had have that kind of emotional reaction that a stray did or a Digimon survived did. Mm. If it, if it, if it hit that close to home for you, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I feel you. Um, okay. I, I mean, so I look, I looked at my rankings again. Um, neon white is sitting at number, um, uh, hang on. I gotta scroll back up. Sorry, uh, it is sitting at number seven for me. Um, it just just loses out to Final Fantasy VII um, Crisis Core. So it's right outside of my top five. Um, I'm I'm right there with you. I the game's a, a fucking blast to play. Um, I'm, I think that the writing knows what it's trying to do and it's doing it well, but it doesn't necessarily do anything for me. 
Um, I w- although I was I was really shocked with the the thing with yellow. Um, yep. So that that did take me aback. Um, so it gets even worse beyond oh, that. Wonderful. Yep. So what? I'll leave it. What do you think? What do you think, Austin? I mean, shit, you have a say in this. <laughs> He's just back there. Thousand just letting it there. all play out. You're like, um, I don't give a shit what happens. You're the easiest out of all of us. I mean, that's true. Uh, I have no stakes in this fight uh, whatsoever. I know how much that game means for both of you. Uh, so I'm just kind of leaving it up to the two of you. I know it's my pick and that's a cop-out, but uh, shit, I don't want to be the villain here. What if we went from four three two one? Neon White, Citizen Sleeper, Digimon Survive, Elden Ring. I'm fine with that. <laughs> this is not easy. Had some good games in 2022. <laughs> yeah. No, it is not. I am. If Citizen Sleeper goes out here, then I will absolutely do Neon White next because I think that again. The emotional attachment that you guys had to these games means more than the fun that I had with Neon White. That's why I think it should go out at four. Mm-hmm. I can see that. If that's what you want to do, I'm okay with that. Okay. okay. I'm fine with that. All right. So we want to do Neon White at four, and then. Uh, I'll do Citizen Sleeper at um, three, and then we'll do Digimon at two. And Elden Ring at one. Cool, yeah. cool. So, right, let's talk about Neon White. This was recommended to me by, it was when I was thinking that I was going to do indie games on the YouTube channel, and then I fucking hate a Song of Iron so much, I stopped that. <laughs> Um, it was in that process when Justin was like, you should pick up Neon White because it's cool. And I was like, let me look this up. Second I looked it up, I bought it. That was, I'm going to say semi-close to its release, give or take a month. Um, and then it sat. It sat on my to-do list for a while. But when I finally picked it up, oh my god. It is not something that I anticipated having so much fun with. It essentially combines Ghost Runner or Mirror's Edge with Persona. And it does it so, so well. This is a game that I will continue to revisit for years to come. Because it drives that perfectionist in me to want to do it better. It makes me... Like, I was streaming it the other day, and I had already beaten it on Switch, so I came back to PC. And I was just trying to perfect my times, right? Like, that's that's what this game is. It's a a speed run from start to finish to see how well you can do things while using mechanics that I've never had in another video game. You're picking up weapons to kill these demons, and those weapons by themselves have unique abilities to let you traverse the map faster and you know just more efficiently 
but it's also sometimes you don't have to use those to have the best time. Like the game gives you options that you don't necessarily need to have the best time possible. And it, that's what makes it so addicting. It's like, let me find out how to be better at this game. Let me pour my soul into it so I can, I can just, you can tear the game apart. Literally, you can, you, you can go and you can sweep the level, but then you can run back through it with no enemies there. And you can see like different routes that you can take where you can just keep restarting it like I do until you find the perfect route. Like you perfect section by section. All of that is the mechanic of the game. But something that it does good, I'm not going to say fantastically, is the story. Um, it, it's not a 10 out of 10 game. And I think something that holds it back is a little bit of the writing. Um, I didn't really necessarily think that I was going to find investment into some of the characters. But by the end of it, there was I, it was a complete turnaround. I, I will give it that. Um, there were some genuinely... I'm not going to say shocking, but there were some genuinely unfortunate moments that happened through the story that kind of take you aback. Um, and it makes you really feel for these characters. Characters that can seem annoying at first or that you don't really care about. Like You'll, you'll pick your favorites, right? But then as the story progresses, it's like, oh shit, Like you, you start to you start to see the relationship that Neon White had in his past life with all of these characters. Um, and by the end of it, it's like... It's a game that allows you to, up until the very last mission, it allows you to go back and spend time with these characters and invest in a relationship and unlock White's memories. And I strongly encourage people to do that because there are multiple endings to this game. And in order to get the best one, you have to invest. And it was because of Justin. He said, have you been doing side quests? And I'm like, no, like I'm really hammered into getting these ace medals. Like I wanted to be the best. And I wanted to keep going. But he was like, you know, I encourage you to do it. Try some of the side quests. I did it. And then I, towards recently in the past few days, like in, in my own time on the Switch, when I would be finished streaming, be laying down for bed, I've been doing a lot of them. I've kind of finished it out, and then I re-beat the ending on my, on my Switch because I had two completely different endings, let me tell you. Um, really turned out great in the end to spend the time to get to know everyone in the game, to, to invest in relationships. And it has... It's it's not some wholesome story or heart-wrenching story like Stray, but it was fun. I mean, it had had a good message, I guess, by the end of it in terms of like forgiveness and forgiveness in yourself and stuff like that. But ultimately, this game shines in the mechanics of how fun it is. I said to the guys earlier this week that a lot of my top five is interchangeable for the most part. Like, Neon White and Elden Ring could have swapped places. Stray and Pokemon could have swapped places. Um, to be honest, I, th I still feel like Stray should outrank <laughs> Pokemon on my list. But I, it, it's, I spent more time with Pokemon. But 
Neon White gave me something. It gave me a promise. It gave me a promise that in the future I can go back to this and have just as much fun as I have had in the past month or so. It, I know that I can keep going back to this, and I have something that I can stream. I have something that I can get better at. I want to get the trophies and the achievements and, you know, everything out of this game that I can because it just, it, the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. And there's very few games like that. And this, again, 2022, year of art direction, this shit looks so good. Like, it's a, it's a 3D anime that you're getting to run through. And all the environmental landscapes are completely different from chapter, from day one of Judgment, or from day 10 all the way to day one. It's fucking awesome. It's a great time. I recommend it to literally everyone. Anyone can pick this up and have a great time with it. Everyone, if you listen to the podcast, knows that I'm not super big into anime. And this is very anime-esque. Absolutely incredible. Like, I loved everything about it. Any, this is very accessible to a lot of people. Yep. Yeah. Uh, That's awesome. It is... You, I... This is, I mean, you're not lying. This is some of the most fun I've had playing a game all year. Um, it is weird just how much this game, like, speaks to me on, like, a really just about every level. I mean, from, I mean, art direction for sure. I, I think, you know, I think you nailed that on that right on the head. Um, and just real quick, Justin is going to murder me if I do not mention the soundtrack, which is fucking incredible. His favorite theme song, the Heaven theme, is beautiful, and I think I harped on it on our uh, category show. Like, best soundtrack of the year by far for me. Um, definitely check it out. Sorry, Justin, that I didn't say that in my monologue. Sorry, Josh. No, it's all good. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I think the the, the music does fucking slap. Um it is i i don't know man like it, it, you're right it is like easily the most fucking fun i think i've had all year playing a game um no i take that back because we're going to talk about it and, but it, it's it's up there um definitely it it does so much right i i there's not much that it does let's like wrong you know like it it just does i don't know it's a great fucking game great 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 fucking game yep and that was my pick for austin this year to play so i can't wait for your thoughts i'll get to it soon i'm probably gonna pick it up this week okay cool cool all right um well uh Citizen Sleeper. What of us, or what can I say that I haven't already said? Like a million different ways. Um, this is probably the game that, um, besides our number one pick, will stick around with me the longest. Um, Citizen Sleeper is easily one of the best narrative-driven games of the year, in my opinion. Uh, and I, I really kind of don't even think it's fucking close. Um, it is such a, like, breath of fresh air in 
like all the ways that you want something to be a breath of fresh air. Um, I, I, I find it hard to talk about if I'm being completely honest because it's it's so inherently tied to the emotions that I feel towards um, like specific characters and um, like my like my experience is not going to be the same experience that everyone else has. I, I'm sure of it. Like, uh, but it, it, it is just so pleasant to play. And, um, it has so much to say about like all kinds of stuff. And most notably like, you know, capitalism and like, all of that stuff, uh, it, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I, I kind of don't know because I've already said so much about it. Um, it's full of extraordinary characters. It's some of the best storytelling, uh, that I have experienced all year. Um, it's a fucking excellent game. Uh, it is one of the not so, not so few games to make me cry this year. Um, so you know, take that for what it is. Um, yeah, I just really like this game. Uh, <laughs> I'm selling it so well. Um, yeah. I, I like I said I I don't know what else to say about it that I haven't already said it's just it's a absolutely phenomenal game and I really would love if more people played it. I have it downloaded. There it's we ready go. to go. Hell yeah! I'll give it a shot. Okay. It's on Game Pass. Right? Uh, yep. Sure yep. is. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought I saw it on there earlier today. So, awesome. Tell us All about right, Digimon. Well, uh, well, I definitely, honestly, I didn't expect it to make it all the way to number two. I'm very happy to see that it did because uh, this this Digimon Survive really fucking hit me in ways that I did not expect a Digimon game to hit. Um, much like the title, much like the title, uh, this this isn't a typical Digimon story. This isn't the happy-go-lucky. Uh, uh, power of friendship beats all type Digimon story. Don't, this is a this is a story of survival. Uh, eight kids trapped in a parallel world, surrounded by b- bloodthirsty monsters. Um, I, I, I this game makes some really unique stances on what Digimon are referred to um, in like in the world that Digimon survive. They're not necessarily digital monsters like they have been. They're more like these are more or less tiny little deities um and it's a really interesting story and a whole new perspective on what fans thought that digimon was um i don't know if this is a story that'll continue i don't know if this is a sub-series that'll continue um but i I really hope that it does uh there were multiple moments throughout this game that that really fucking moved me to either choking up or or straight up sobbing 
Um, it was truly a, a unforgettable adventure that really, out of all the games I played this year, really stood out more than, than anything else. Um, I, I think that I'll remember this story for a very, very long time. Uh, I do I do want to go back and replay it. I really want to do a New Game Plus playthrough at some point. Um, and I hope that I'm able to do that soon. But a uh, super, super wonderful game that I cannot recommend enough. Hell yeah. Um, I haven't played it enough yet to kind of... Uh, to have real deep thoughts on it. But um, what I have played, I've enjoyed. Uh, so there is that. Yeah, uh, Digimon. Digimon. Um, are, now the number one, baby. Yeah, uh, I'm sure everyone and their mother saw this one coming. Um, Elden Ring. What can we say that we haven't already said? Honestly, I think we've all jerked this game off enough this year. Well, that'll do it. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, Dylan, do you do you have any words to to say? Because, I mean, this was your this was your kind of I don't want to say baby, but you know, this is your thing. It's my baby that turned out to not really be my baby. Like I liked it, but it I mean, it Dark Souls Three is still my favorite Souls game. Um. That being said, it's not its not anything that the game does wrong because the game does everything fucking right, man. Uh, from start to finish, I was completely captivated. Um, as a Souls player for a long time now, being able to step out into the world for the first time and it truly is open, it's an incredible experience. Like, Dark Souls three and you know all the other games you're kind of free to choose your own way to go but at the same time like you can't just run willy-nilly around the map like you can in Elden Ring and that was something that was truly a breath of fresh air like it, it finally hits you and you walk out and the first thing you see is that roaming sentinel right like it's and you can just turn and you see all different directions of everywhere that you can possibly explore that was the first moment of like oh shit like it's it's a game with scale and the hilarity of it all coming from when you open the map for the first time and you kind of see that beginning area that you're in you're like all right that's a pretty big map nope zoom out it goes much further and there's so many different areas to the game and they are all vastly different from one another like every corner of the map is something that could it's almost like it's its own style of souls game like each area kind of embodied something different which was f awesome yeah like it really felt like every different place i was stepping into a different game so cool that it managed to nail that aesthetic and it's not only that but it wasn't just the, the map that you were walking on was there but there's an underground. There's different places that you can go that are off the map entirely, like where Malekith is or the Halleck Tree. 
the scale is mind-blowing in Elden Ring. It is almost unparalleled in terms of free exp exploration games of how big and how much there is to do and see that is what i think this game's testament is because everything else for the most part souls games have done before i will say this combat feels really fluid it feels great it feels like it 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 took and perfected the souls 3 and borderland or borderlands <laughs> the bloodborne um kind of bloodborne had higher speed you know but i felt like dark souls 3 was more refined almost um maybe i don't know maybe that's bias but elden ring feels like it does all of that and it finally just nails it and it makes you feel like a god when you when you finally best a boss or you make it through an area that has been giving you issues like it just feels good the entire game feels good the amount of weapons and armor and different builds that you can come up with in the game almost as expansive as the map itself like i have never felt more overwhelmed in a souls game by what i was delivered with elden ring um all of this not even touching on the characters that you meet along the way or the story that is given to you I absolutely love, we've talked about her recently, Rani's questline. I think that, again, nothing in any game before it, ha it, it, it's done. Like, I loved how, and again, the first person to ever figure out this questline was a fucking god. Because some of the stuff that you have to do in order to progress the quest is stupidly complex. So, kudos to that person. Um... But it's stuff like her quest line or the quest line. What was her name with the needle that you had to fix her? It starts with an uh, N, right? You know? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah anyway, yeah. there's multiple, I guess, really long-winded quests that make you want to delve into the game further. Um... And, you know, like, it's exciting to look up guides and try and go and, you know, complete everything. Because the game doesn't tell you shit. It never will. That is not Miyazaki style. Um, it, 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 it doesn't hold your hand. I mean, it's the Souls game, right? And I think that's what makes it so special. And I think that's what a lot of people got to experience for the first time. And I think it's great that it came with Elden Ring. Because out of all of them, this is the most accessible game. This is the one that can you can probably get good at the fastest, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, and I love that everyone was able to finally come on board and try it. I hope this encourages people to go back and play. Even if it doesn't encourage them to go back and play Dark Souls 3 and Bloodborne and all that stuff. Even if it encourages them to go back and play Demon Souls, because that is one of the newer ones that does look as good. Almost as Elden Ring. Like I, I hope it does that. Because there's a level of difficulty to those past games that you won't find in Elden Ring. And I think it'll give people a lot of respect from where the franchise came from. Um, but ultimately, it's the game that every single one of us here, most of the people on the Discord, poured hours into. I would love to collectively know how much all of us played Elden Ring this year. 
I think that would be a crazy, crazy number. Um, th thanks to Bryn, actually. She would carry the whole goddamn half of us. Like, if we played 800 hours this year, 400 was Bryn. 500, probably. <laughs> um, but it, it's, 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 it's wonderful, man. I mean, I think it's the most well-designed, well-polished, well-crafted game that came out this year. It deserves everything that it won at the VGAs and the most prestigious award of the Hunting Pixels game of the year. 100%. Yep. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, it is... I think this is something that uh, Austin and I both kind of uh, felt um, where we were not expecting to be able to play a Souls game. You know what I mean? Like, uh, we, we, we weren't able yeah. to... Uh, like, I've played... Well, n maybe not... Maybe play is not a, a, a good word. Um, but you, you, you get... You, you know what I'm saying. Um, it just w was not something that I don't think either of us particularly had on our radars with regards to um, game of the year stuff, right? Like, I, I don't think that, like, it was something that either of us necessarily thought that we would be um, doing uh, this late in the year. Uh, I, I, I thought that it would be, like, maybe... Yours, maybe it would, uh, maybe it would end up being like inside of our, our collective top, I don't know, ten. But I didn't expect to fall so deeply and utterly in love with the game the way that I did. Like it is, in all of the best ways, um, a staggering uh, achievement, frankly. Um, I, I, I don't know how they made this game, honestly. It, I, like, because not only did they take the, um, the kind of like, you know, Soulsborne, like, sort of gameplay style and, and put it to an open world, but they, they gave us a completely new open world to fuck around with and to, you know do stuff with like it, uh, who who was expecting this you know what i mean like mm -hmm. no i don't think anybody was e even the people who like were super into the soulsborne stuff i don't even think that they they were expecting this to be the the game that it was and no i mean for sure because like even like like the head honchos of the community at the time, like it, the, at least the ones like who stream the game actively, right? Or stream all the Souls games actively. When this came out, even they were like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> like, but they all loved it, right? Because this is something that we've waited for for so long is for the game to finally have a light shine, you know, on the franchise itself. So other people can see it and love it and appreciate it. And it was finally like this, it, it, it happened. Yeah. Yeah, and it, uh, I mean, 
I, I don't know. It, it like it's a absolutely staggering achievement. It is. I, I put three hundred plus hours into this game. I, I don't even yep. know what else to, to fucking say about it. Uh, like, that right there alone speaks for itself, I think. It is mm-hmm. a game that I will go back to, I'm sure. I, I'm sure I'll go back to it eventually. Um, I don't know when that'll be, but, like, I'm sure it's something that, like, I'm going to do at some point. Um, and I, I think that that speaks to just how i mean just how astoundingly polished and impeccably like done the game is you know what i mean like it just i think that that speaks for itself um yeah I don't know. I, I, I genuinely don't know what else to say about it, it other than um, fucking great job from soft for making something as dark and beautiful and scary and just fucking, I don't know, phenomenal as, as this game. Um, yeah. Ed Austin, you were kind of the underdog of the whole thing. You didn't even... I was. Listening to last year's episode compared to this and your thoughts on Elden Ring, like I am very glad that you not only picked it up but beat it. Same. Me too, man. I did not expect to fall in love with the game the way that I did. And um I just it it, it was an absolute blast the whole way through and I I think I said it on the podcast before. The sad thing about this is I know it's gonna be a long time before a game comes along that makes me feel the way that Elden Ring did. Um, it was just a, a, a complete, like, I, I, I've never experienced a game like that before, and I loved every second of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know, even know if there's anything else to, to say, to be honest with you. So, um, we already sucked the game's dick enough. Uh, so let's, um, go ahead and we'll, uh, we'll count down our, um, our top, uh, our, our, not top. We'll, we'll go ahead and count down our 30 games of the year. All right. Um, I'll go, I'll start, I'll take the, the last 30 or fuck it. I'll just read the whole goddamn thing. At number 30, <laughs> we have Gundam Evolution. At number 29, we have Overwatch 2. At number 28, Trek to Yomi. Number 27, Gotham Knights. Number 26, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. At number 25, Chrono Cross The Radical Dreamers Edition. Number 24, Horizon Forbidden West. Number 23, The Quarry. Number 22, Sonic Frontiers. Number 21, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Number 20, Vampire Survivors. Number 19, Power Wash Simulator. Number 18, Nobody Saves the World. Number 17, Hooked on You, a Dead by Daylight dating sim. Number 16, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Number 15, Triangle Strategy. Number 14, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Number 13, Roller Drone. Number 12, Ghost Song. Number 11, Evil Dead the Game. Number 10, the coveted number 10, 
Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. At number eight, Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Uh, number eight, Cult of the Lamb. Number seven, Immortality. Number six, Stray. Number five, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Number four, Neon White. Number three, Citizen Sleeper. Number two, Digimon Survive. And number one, Elden Ring. Um, so, yep. Uh, but that's not all, folks. We've got one last bit of business to take care of. That's right, it is time to crown our new king and or queen. Well, I think just or, not and or. I don't know. Anyway, of the <laughs> podcast, yeah. So uh, we're going to take a look at the predictions that we made last year during our predictions episode. And we're going to total them out to see who had the most points. And they will be our God King Emperor of the podcast for 2023. <laughs> All right. So, our first prediction was from me. And I said, Breath of the Wild 2 will not be called Breath of the Wild 2. Ah, and we found out that that is correct. It is called Tears of the Fallen Kingdom. Is that right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So we all said yes. Ding, ding, ding. We all get a point. Sick, man. Okay. All right. Next up, I said Final Fantasy 16 will get a release window. I already asked Dylan about this. I'm going to ask you now, Austin. Technically, that's right. Because uh, we did get a release window at first, and then we got an exact date. So my question is: Is does does this count? Yes, that absolutely okay. counts. All right. Well, uh, we all said yes, so we are all cool, cool. now sitting at. Actually, what am I doing? We are all now sitting at uh, two points apiece. The third prediction I had is Hideo Kojima's new game is announced and is an Xbox exclusive. I have another question. All right. Hideo Kojima's new game was announced. It's Death Stranding 2. It is not an Xbox exclusive. So, how would this work? Then that count. I would I would say say that they I would say that that counts as as no that you were wrong. Okay. Do we, Dylan and, and I had talked about potential half points. Yeah. So, uh, since half of it is correct, would we get a half a point? Or do you think that it's just no? The whole prediction is wrong. Uh, I'm personally okay with half a point. If that's how you guys want to do it, I'm personally yeah. okay. Okay. Are you, are you sure, Dylan and Austin? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. So half a point it is for it, for me and Austin, but strangely, Dylan did not join us. Oof. So no points for Dylan. That's all right. He'll catch. He'll back catch up. back up. All right. Metroid Prime is given a update. Did I huh? wait a minute? Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Metroid Prime is given an update and is delayed into 2023. There was no update <laughs> at all. No. no. Uh, and we all said yes. So zero points for all of us. Okay. 
All right. God of War Ragnarok wins Game of the Year at the Game Awards. That did not happen. I, I said that it would. Austin said that it would. And Dylan said that it would not. So look at that. You caught back up immediately. Almost immediately. All right. Moving on. Mr. Austin's predictions. Marvel's Spider-Man 2 will get an update and be announced for fall or winter 2023 release window. We all three said yes, and we were all 100% correct. Uh, this next one. Austin took a big swing and said that Persona will be revealed. Our Persona 6 will be revealed September 2022. We all said yes. We were all wrong. Not only was it not revealed in September, it but it just wasn't at revealed all. At all. <laughs> they said nothing. Yeah. Oh boy. Next up, Zelda Wind Waker and or Twilight Princess will be released on the Switch. Austin was the only one to say yes to this, so he is the only one who does not get a point. All right. Digimon Survive is canceled. L-O-L. Um, Dylan and I both said no. Austin, you said yes. So once once no. again, no point for you. I'm getting fucked on my You're own. Right? <laughs> oh, trust me, mine's worse. Oh, I know. All right. Uh, the last of your predictions was a new Fire Emblem game will be revealed with a possible 2023 release window. Got even better than that. It did happen. A gate. Shit comes out yep. in two weeks. <laughs> uh, we all said yes. We all get one point. All right, so Dylan, your predictions. The ninth generation of Pokemon is announced. It happened. Austin and I did not think that it would happen. So you gain a point. We do not. And that's the last one I gained. Bloodborne finally comes to PC. Um, I said no. The two of you said yes. It did not happen. Damn, did I? Shit. I got that backwards. I get a point here. You guys do not get points. Okay. <laughs> Next up. Blue Point reveals the original content they've been working on. Uh, that did not happen. Negatively, really. <laughs> that, they haven't said anything since they were bought by Sony. Not a goddamn Nothing. thing. Uh, I said no. The both of you said yes. Another point for me. Horizon Forbidden West wins Game of the Year at the VGAs. Oh. Yeah, I put a lot yep. of stock in that game. <laughs> Austin and I both said no. Woo! Uh, Dylan, no point for you. Over- the last one Overwatch kills me. 2 delayed beyond 2022. <laughs> <laughs> we all said yes, by the way. Yeah, uh, so we all got nothing. No points at all. Oh, boy. What a fucking time to be alive. Okay, so with that said, we are now sitting with point totals at. I have. Let me do my math real quick right here. All right. I currently am sitting at 9.5 points. 
Oof. Austin is sitting at 5.5 points, and Dylan Oof. is sitting at 8 points. Now, the final prediction is a 10-point bonus, and if you get it wrong, I get a 15. Will all three of us complete the 2022 challenge? As a reminder, the 2022 challenge was each of us had 10 game individual games from 10 separate genres that we had to have beaten between, what was it, December 18th, I think, or something like that, of last year, mm-hmm. and um, through December 28th, which is when we did the predictions episode. Dylan, you completed the 2022 challenge. Austin. I don't like the way you say it. You completed the 2022 challenge. (laughs) I did not complete the 2022 challenge. I told you, Dylan. (laughs) What? I told you we didn't do it. How did you not beat 10 genres, though? I don't... My last one, my last one was the JRPG. I was playing through... But you played Pokemon. You beat Pokemon. Yes, but then, if I take that off, I have open world RPG. We could change that to Elden Ring, but then I have action RPG. And I am relatively positive that I did not play another action RPG all year. I'm going to look over my games again, but... Damn. All right. Games... And we all thought it would be me that fucked this up for everyone. Yep. We did. Dude, you beat Legends Arceus. When I Google it, it says action role-playing game. I didn't game. beat Legends Arceus. You did. You got credits, mm-hmm. didn't you? I got to the mountain. I did not beat Legends Arceus. Damn. 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 Yep, the, I'm looking at it right now. The games that I finished that, that came out this year are uh, Elden Ring, Evil Dead the Game. Uh, I, I count that as finished because there technically were like story missions, and I beat all those story missions. Uh, mm. Citizen Sleeper, Stray, Cult of the Lamb, Immortality, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Ghost Song, Hooked on You, a DVD simulator, blah, 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 blah and Pokemon Violet. How many games did you beat this year in total? Uh, beaten 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I beat 10 games in total. I played well over 30. <laughs> that is so unlike you that it's mind-blowing. Yep. What happened? I, you got me, man. How did I beat 17 and you beat... That you is only... Are you beat 17? I beat 17 different Jesus. games this year. Damn. Hold on. This year, I beat Naruto to Boruto, Crash Team Racing, Crash Bandicoot 4, Ori, Elden Ring, Stardew Valley, Legends Arceus, Lego Star Wars, Force Horizon 5... Mortal Kombat 11, Cult of the Land, Back for Blood, Tell Me Why, Stray, and Pokemon Scarlet, Neon White. Okay, so real quick, uh, 
if we're counting games that weren't 2022, uh, I also yes. beat Final Fantasy 14 for the MMO. I beat Resident Evil 12 and Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. So I guess technically that's 14 games that I beat this year. And, um, damn. Okay, well, that's better. Yeah, I wasn't counting 2022 games. Like, I mean, I was, but not that. That wasn't restricted to just 2022. Yeah. That blows. I can't. I feel like you. That's crazy. I well, I genuinely thought that I was going to beat Final Fantasy, um, the Crisis Core, and then. I was like, no, I really need to play Neon White. I really need to play Neon White and Digimon Survive so I can at least talk about them in some way, shape, or form when we come to the game of the year. And then you threw in our challenge, and I was like, well, I've only played like the first mission of Final Fantasy. I can restart it and then use that as a, a game for the challenge for next year. So I ended up never beating it, and uh, I was playing Final Fantasy VIII, and I sidelined it in favor of Pokemon, <laughs> and I just never went back. God damn. That's crazy. Yeah. Damn. I'm proud of you, Austin, for finishing I am, it. I am Me very too. proud of Austin Thanks, for finishing it. I am not proud of myself. I let myself down, Thanks, and I Dad. let the team down. Uh, I also. That's like you might be the queen of the podcast, but for what? <laughs> <laughs> like it's built on a tower of ashes. Tower of ashes, indeed. Uh, it's kind I of... still can't believe. So, what was it that you? A- ARPG is the one that came down to right because you beat Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, let me hang on. Let me pull up my my games that I needed to beat because I have it. I'm on Google Docs. Goddamn. I don't even care that it's an ARPG because technically if you just beat 10 games in 10 different genres, that's what the challenge was. All right. So I had MMORPG, Visual Novel, Metroidvania, Platformer, uh, Open World RPG, Action RPG, JRPG, First Person Shooter, Fighting Game, and Survival Horror. I beat the MMORPG. Uh, that was Final yep. Fantasy XIV. The... Visual Novel was hooked on you. Uh, beat that. Uh, Ghost Song, I did for the Metroidvania. Stray for the platformer. Pokemon for the open world RPG. Elden Ring for the action RPG. Uh, I didn't beat a JRPG. Um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 for first person shooter. Persona 4 Arena Ultimax for fighting game. And Resident Evil 2 Remake for survival horror. So if I were to switch things around, right? Like, So we'll say that Pokemon is a JRPG. That leaves open open world RPG, and then I could switch Elden Ring there, but then it would be action RPG. So let me just throw this in there, because I'm genuinely curious. Citizen Sleeper's role-playing action-adventure game, that's a completely different genre. Mm-hmm. That's a tenth genre. I'm just, that was the challenge. Like, I even switched my genres this year. You see what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like, you beat ten different genres. Okay. It's just not the ones you started Let with. Me... Well, I mean, to be fair, I also... Ch- I'm pretty sure I changed one of them, right? 
I mean, I changed a couple. I still beat ten different genres. All right, hang on. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull this up. I'm gonna pull up episode fifty-two. Question mark. <laughs> We've come a long way. No, nope, not fifty-two. We're almost in triple We're almost digits. In triple digits, indeed. Uh, which one was it? It was episode fifty. Oh, God damn it. Let me look at the podcast feed. <laughs> it was episode 50... Da, 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 da. Oh, exactly. 50 exactly. Okay, so let me look at this. I just want to... I want to look at the rules and make sure... Alright, episode 50. Where are you at? Where are you at? There's 53. There's 51. There's 50. Okay. Alright, so run it through. And let's see. Challenge. It says lay out the rules to find the twist. <laughs> oh my god. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, lay out the rules to find the twist. Good lord. So it's not even written down. <laughs> No, but it was ten genres. Okay, I mean, if 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 we want to do that, if that's, if, because I know, like that's, I don't even care about the queen thing. It's like I know you played ten different genres and you beat the challenge. Like we didn't fail this. We all crushed it this year. Mm. Every single one of us, especially with you getting caught up in Final Fantasy fourteen for the entirety of your twenty twenty two first quarter, first half. And even threatening to do it at the end, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he said, what if I threw it all away? Right. right. And then, like, even through... And Austin and I had to fight our urges through two Pokemon games this year. And Elden Ring. <laughs> like, I'm very proud that we all beat ten different genres for sure. Mm. And went above that even with 17, 14, and however many Austin beat. I think I beat 12 games. This gives me hope for this year. We can do it. We can do it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, if we want to do that, if we if we want to say that that's what the challenge was, okay. Just. It means Dylan. That wins. means that Dylan is. I don't even. But like, let's just be proud that we all did it. <laughs> I am proud. Because that's fucking awesome. All right. So negative 15 for me. So our grand total, I am sitting at negative 4.5 points. Damn. Austin is sitting at 15.5 and Dylan. What if that carried over oh, to Lord. next year? And Dylan is sitting <laughs> at 18 points. Dylan is our reigning queen of the podcast. He uh, won last year also. Hurrah. But more importantly, we fucking crushed it this year. More than last year. Austin and I dropped the ball in the pre the previous challenge. This year, not only did we pick it up and run with it, but we all fucking knocked it out yeah. of the park. Well, it's true. We, did we played more games this year collectively than probably the past two years put together. Uh, Yeah, you're probably not wrong. Oh, yeah, because yeah. I didn't even count all the games that I played this year. If I did that, it would be a startling yeah. number. 
So fucking congrats to us, man. I mean, that's 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 super cool. And that was kind of the inspiration for this year is because we played so much. Now we just have to stop playing and we have to, st- well, it will, you know, starting new things, we have to finish them now. <laughs> Truly. Like 30 games played and we finished how many? Because <laughs> I'm up there with you. Because I started 30 plus for sure. For, for sure. sure. Yeah. Damn, look at that. All right. Well, we did it, boys. We did it. That was was a long long one. one. It was a long one. Let's just start the next episode. Yeah, like we'll just yeah, flow we'll, into we'll that. No. No, 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 no. Austin's like, my no. butt's sore. I'm ready yeah. to get up. I think I have a hernia. I'm done. All right. Well, um, that all said, uh, there is one thing that I, I definitely want to do before we get out of here. Um, I want to thank our patrons. We we did our little you know special, like, oh, shout out to our patrons or whatever. Um, and... Uh, yeah, honestly, like, all, all bullshit aside, we genuinely could not do this without you guys. Um, you guys are always in the Discord going on about things. You're always, um, you know, cheering us on, and, uh, now this time you are, you know, battling us for, for the challenge. Um, and, and most importantly, you're... Uh, you know, you're helping out monetarily, um, and that is a, a big, a big deal. Um, uh, so yeah, I want to take the time real quick to do a special shout out to the patrons for making this podcast possible. They are Justin disappointed in Dylan Ruiz. <laughs> Tani was nice to Josh Sulman. Jeffrey almost killed the challenge. Ciarto. Blake should speak more, Graham. Gilbert pa- I don't know okay. who Blake is. Gilbert Power Wash Advocate Kitchens. Sean doesn't <laughs> chime in O'Keefe Jr. Bryn encouraged being nice, Woodham. Dylan created a horrible challenge, Martin, and Austin will succeed in the challenge, Stevens. Um, yeah. It is uh because of you guys that we are able to uh really kind of keep this um going uh you guys pay for the for the podcast hosting service you um like i said before you give us emotional and uh mental support and you're our biggest cheerleaders and we can't thank you enough so uh but that's it uh we're not even going to do socials because it's a three-hour show um (laughs) we'll uh yeah we'll be back next week with our uh our look ahead at 2023 so until next time goodbye